Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Yes, living the dream once again on a fabulous Sports Saturday. This is Fox Sports Saturday. Hartman and Schwartz with you from the Fox Sports Radio studios. And indeed, we got a lot on our plate today to say the least. By the way, the Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor brings noticeably smooth shades with six stainless steel blades for a swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. All right, a lot of news to get to once again. Jeff, uh, keeping her eye on the leaderboard at third round of the Masters. Scotty Scheffler uh, continues to dominate. He has a five-shot lead over Shane Lally. By the way, can I get an ID on Scotty Scheffler? He claims to be 25 years old. Now, I, have you seen this guy? Does he? Because my son is 25 years old. I mean, Scotty Scheffler. They said yesterday like, or, or, two, or when I was watching Thursday, I think they said he's an old soul. Old for soul. 25. And the guy looks 35 um, if he's a day. Yeah. He does, um, and uh, but he's dominating. He's up. He's up by seven. Oh, excuse me, five strokes right now. I I kind of hope like 
I hope he shoots well, but that other people shoot well, so we get a a, a close Sunday, right? I mean, if you're down, oh. if you're up five, six, seven strokes on Sunday, you're probably going to win. I'd like to see a close Sunday, but he is playing some good golf in bad conditions, right? The wind and it's cold today, and uh, even just from you know Friday morning or Thursday morning to the you know to the afternoons, the, the course plays differently. But um, he he hadn't won a tournament in his professional career till this year, and he's I think he's won three this year, and this could be his fourth. So yeah, um, he is. Is, uh, very hot right now. Yeah, he started the year ranked 13th in the world. Now he's number one, having won three of the last five tournaments. Obviously, a Masters win will propel him to uh, way above the pack at number one. Meanwhile, of course, the story of the week, Tiger Woods' return, uh, which in itself was still mind-blowing. He struggled a little bit today, although he just birdied the 12th hole to get back at plus four overall, plus three on the day. Um, but I, I mean, again, the lead-up to this all week long for me, uh, Jeff, talking about this possibility at first the Tiger yeah. could somehow get back out on the course. And I remember making the point to uh, Rich Ornberger that, you know, the, the problem isn't hitting the ball. It's walking this course. It is yeah. it is the toughest walk in golf. And I, I heard Rich was like dismissed. It's not going to hurt him to walk until he started hearing everybody, including Tiger, talk about the six-mile walk that you do every time you play yeah. Augusta where there's no flat ground once you leave the drive box. Uh, but the fact that he has held up with a – what has he got, like a steel rod in his right leg? I mean, I think he has a – I think yeah, he's got a rod in his ankle. Right. Um, and, you know, he's had knee surgeries before. He's had back injuries. Oh, um, you know, the, the ability to – to mentally prepare for this week and then obviously do it is, is impressive, right? And uh. you know, I was talking on my radio show with with my host about um, you know if you could can you can you somehow bottle you know or 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 quantify a, a person uh, excuse me an athlete like Tiger, right? Like what is it about him? And my answer is I've said this a lot with when it comes to NFL players that are Hall of Famers. I play with I've been fortunate to play with, with uh, at least four of them in my opinion um, is that. They're just different. Like, there's no other way to explain what 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 Tiger's doing. He's doing it on one of the most demanding courses, a course by the way that does actually suit someone who has played there many times before, right? Absolutely, it, it helps. That's what you know. What Chef was doing is pretty incredible, right? Because most of the time, it benefits you to have played this course a bunch of times, um, and he's doing it through the entire week. He's been consistent. He's been he's been good. And, and the funny part is, the standard should really be like. Wow, he made the cut. Whatever happens after that is good, right? But he's holding his own, right? He's he's you know a couple shots over, but that's kind of where everyone is today. And he looks as good as he's going to be. I I have been I I've been tired of hearing this idea that he looks like he's hurting. Guys, this is his new normal. This is what it is. I've had ankle injuries. I've not had this ankle injury. You, 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 you're, you get to a normal point, and that's it, right? There's no more your ankle's going to move. There's no more you can do. It's just maintaining your new normal, and Tiger's done a great job of that this week. I've been very impressed, um, and he hasn't gone down. He's had some bad holes. He had a double today, came back, parred the next hole. Well, uh, good uh, news here. Um, he just reached the green in two at the par 5 13th, so he's on the green, so he'll have an eagle putt, long eagle putt, but it looks at the very least like he may pick up a 
another stroke Ooh, there. There we so, go. Uh, hey, you know, I, you know that that was the thing. People once they realize, wow, he actually is going to play. Then all of a sudden, people are like, do I dare say he's going to win? I mean, come on, he hasn't played a competitive round in any golf tournament really against a class field since he played in the Masters back yeah. in November of 2020. But this is Tiger Woods. I mean, there yeah. there are one set of rules for mere mortals. And and I I again as someone that you as a professional athlete, I'm just curious about this, Jeff. You know, when, when we talk about a Tiger Woods, you got a billion dollars in the bank. Yeah. You're, you've done everything. I mean, you have zero to prove. You already had your amazing come from be, you know, comeback victory to win that 2019 Masters. And you're sitting there after a near-fatal automobile accident with the possibility of losing your leg. The furthest thing from my mind would be, hey, let's go out and play some golf on a competitive level. Yeah. And you and you just wonder again about the inner drive. I mean, it's this guy doesn't yeah. – he never has to pick up a golf club, okay? There are a million things this guy could do with his life right now, is doing with his life right now. But where does that come from? I mean, it just to, – to, to forge a, a will to somehow get back yeah. on the course when you have – absolutely nothing to prove i mean that is that's rarefied air rarefied air well think about this though is that you know he he might he he might have other opportunities to do things in his life uh but he's only known golf he's played golf since he could walk Mm -hmm. this is what he knows yes and so i'm not surprised he goes back to what he knows in times of crisis but also, we saw this with Alex Smith, right? When he when yes. he um, broke his leg, and then mm-hmm. it was you know, mangled and disgusting. And and I, I I even argued like, don't come back, right? Like you've right. done nothing in the NFL, you've proven yourself. Um, even just getting back to walking and running was good enough for me. And of course, that's just me. And a lot of people felt the same way. I think. But when you're an athlete, you have to set goals to get mm. through rehab. Because rehab, I'm sure you talked to plenty of players uh, that that have, that have been this way or been in rehab. It's it's much uh, it's more mentally grinding than physically grinding, right? You, you're gonna have you know you know what you sign up for when you get hurt and and the rehab process, but it's it's mentally right. It's showing up every day when there's not a lot of progress. It's fighting through the pain. It's fighting through the new normal, right? About how your body is gonna be now. The older you get, obviously, the tougher rehab becomes. And so you have to set goals. Like I'm gonna play golf again. I'm gonna play football again. And that's how you get through the rehab now. Tiger might have just decided, I'm not going to play. He's ready to play, but he, he didn't want to. But obviously, if you're good enough to practice, you're trying to give it a go. If Alex Smith is good enough to practice, he's going to try to play. And that is what it is from athletes, is you, is you set yourself a goal, and that's what gets you through the rehab, through all the dark days of, like, I'm not going to ever be normal again. Yes, I am. I'm going to play again. Yes, I am. I'm going to play again. I'm doing this because... My body is, is in pain. I'm, I'm mentally over the rehab, but I'm doing this because I'm going to golf again. I'm going to play football again. I'm going to play baseball again. And that's how these guys do it. And, um, you know, a guy like Tiger, and this is like no slight to me. I'm, I'm fine saying something like this. He just is a better work ethic. Like he just can go longer. He can do things differently than I could. It's just the way it is. And I worked my tail off to play eight years in the NFL. I worked as hard as I could. I have. I never felt I did not work hard enough to play in the NFL. But dudes like this, they're just different, man. They're just, I remember Jordan Gross here played with, with the Panthers uh, for 13 years or so. He was a left tackle. He fractured dislocated his ankle in November. He's back running in March. Like no one does that. He's just a freak. I don't know. He, he just like he just. And this is what and he he was he was leading. He got hurt in November, and he was leading our running groups the first week back in March when we reported for our, for, for for the offseason program. He was like leading everyone in running, and it's like 
that's not normal. Like, like they, those guys are just freak shows. You know, that's just what they are. And Tiger is just that way. And so it's hard to explain it, but that's who he is. And we're seeing it today, really not today, but we've seen it throughout the tournament where, man, he's able to just, the, the difference between him and everyone else, in my opinion, obviously the mental fortitude that we talked about, but his ability to save himself, man, right? He hits the ball in the pine needles and boom, he's on the green. Or, you know, he has a, a bad third shot, hits a long par putt. Other guys just can't do that. And that's what sets him apart. And obviously a little erratic in, in, in this tournament because um, he's first time back in a while. But it's been so fun to watch, man. I, I Steve, I've never once planned a weekday around watching <laughs> a major on yeah. a Thursday or Friday. And I watch every stroke of his on Thursday. Oh, yeah, a- absolutely. By the way, Scotty Scheffler just rolled in another putt for birdie. I mean, this guy is out of his mind. He's at 10 under. He's got a five-shot lead over Shane Lowry, who's two under on the day. Oh. Uh, and everybody else we is just him, falling way back. We need him to back. slow down so tomorrow's fun. I know. I mean, Believe me, I've got four hours <laughs> with the Rich. We were talking about how amazing would it be if we're out in the middle of our show and Tiger's challenging. Well, no one may be challenging Scotty Scheffler right now, uh, but he is uh, having the uh, – tournament of his life right now 10 under par and he has a five shot lead uh, at the masters <laughs> i love by the way that he just like is so calm like he just puts on his little vest yes you like that shots mm-hmm. he's wearing a vest he just puts it on he looks like yeah. a suburban dad but again they, believe, keep he's 25 they, there's yeah, no I, way I, this guy's only 25 the vest thing is is got me <laughs> It's a dad thing. It's a dad thing. All right. On the other side, uh, on top of everything else, the Major League Baseball season has begun. Yes, Jeff and I could not be more excited about that. We're going to check in with Scott Miller. He's a New York Times contributor, Sirius XM MLB network radio analyst, a guy I've known for many years. He's going to break down on what kind of season we're going to see in 2022 coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Saturday. All right, let's talk a little Major League Baseball right now. The season is... 
off and running and joining us. Man, I've known for a long time here, Jeff, now a New York Times contributor, Sirius XM MLB Network radio analyst, and of course, an author of several publications, the great Scott Miller is joining us. Scott, how are you today? Good, Steve. How are you today? Jeff? I am doing well. Yeah, we're uh, great to talk to you. Great to be talking a little Major League Baseball right now, Scott. <laughs> By the way, uh, I, I would say at this point, the uh, San Diego Padres have the greatest starting rotation in the history of baseball. Uh, their two starting pitchers so far in 13 innings have given up a combined zero hits. Uh, I, I, I'm i going to venture that's never happened before, has it? In the first two games of the year where their starting pitchers have gone at least six innings at each of the starts and given up zero hits? I can confirm that. That is a fact. It has never happened before in Major League history. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, crazy. You Darvish on opening night, six innings, no hit. And then uh, Sean Manaya seven innings yesterday, no hits. Uh, we'll see what Joe Musgrove, who, by the way, uh, goes tonight on the one-year anniversary. It was one year ago to this day where Musgrove threw a no-hitter that wow. was the first no-hitter in San Diego Padres history and still the only one they've ever thrown. So, uh, yeah, it's a fascinating start. And poor Tim Hill, the lefty reliever, <laughs> he came out of the bullpen both nights after Darvish and after Manaya, and it was Hill who gave up the no-hitter on both nights. <laughs> oh, poor poor guy. Um, would would you have turned down the, uh, the $230 million that, uh, that Aaron Judge turned down from the Yankees? Um, I, I wouldn't have turned down $23 million, <laughs> let alone 230 Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, I, maybe he knows what he's doing, but it, 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 that's a weird one because he says he wants to stay in the Bronx. He wants to be a Yankee for life, but yet he's always been guarded. There's always been some things about Aaron Judge where he only lets you in, to part, in part way to get to know him. So whatever's going on there, whether he really – is ty- doesn't like New York or is tired of New York and he's trying to say all the right things but wants out, whether he truly believes they undervalued him and and instead of, uh, you know, $23 million a year or whatever, or whatever it came out to, the $230 million deal, if, if he thinks it should be more. Um, I don't know what his reasons are. You know, there, there's also some – it's all speculation because Aaron denied this, uh, at least to Tyler Kepner of the New York Times, that he's he's not vaccinated as far as we know. And what he, the part of it, I mean, he denied. When Boston signed Trevor Story to a big deal, free agent deal over the winter, they, part of his deal was you also have to get vaccinated because we've got whatever it is, 10 games in Toronto this year. Right. Every game's important. You've got, you know, and, and the Canadian government isn't letting people in unless they're vaccinated. I know there's some speculation, well, you know, maybe Judge didn't want to, you know, if the Yankees asked him to get vaccinated, that he didn't want to do that. But he denies that. And, and, and so, you know, who knows what the real story is there. Scott, you and I uh, have been around this game long enough to remember the days when starting pitchers were handed the ball and expected to go nine innings. Uh, we yep. remember the days when every team had a leadoff hitter that would steal second base if he got on base. Uh, there were a lot of changes, obviously, in the game of baseball. And we keep hearing from Rob Manfred, the commissioner of the game, that, you know, we got to find a way. We, you know, we have to find a way to bridge the gap between bringing in a new audience to embrace our game without alienating the longtime baseball fan. You've written books on the game. You've dedicated much of your life to this game. 
Do you have a solution to the problem? Is there a middle ground that can actually make the game better for everybody? You know, I, it's, that's a, it's a great question. It's an eternal question, Steve. I agree. I mean, I'm doing, I'm covering baseball by choice. I, I, I love the game growing up as a kid. All I wanted to do was be a baseball writer. I was fortunate enough to become one. And, and I, I, you know, I've spent so much of my life watching baseball. It's hard, harder to watch right now for me than, than ever. I still love it. It's still a great game, but you know, the, 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 strikeouts or home runs the way it's become a power game and and it leads to so much dead time in the middle of games that's my biggest complaint right now is the lack of action in between uh you know there might be five minutes between a ball being one ball being put in play in the next i think um one thing i'd like to see i'd like to see a couple things that i don't you know i mean maybe these would help I'd like to see the strike zones called by the rule book, you know, where they call the high strike, the low strike. I'd like to see bigger strike, the big strike zone. Now, critics will say, yeah, but there are already so many strikeouts, and that's just going to make more. Well, maybe, but I have, I think hitters can adjust. And my point on the bigger strike zone is, or the rule book strike zone is, I think maybe that would help change hitters' mindsets to go up to the plate and swing because the the on-base percentage, which is always important, but it's been it's pounded into every single guy. So they get to the plate. So many hitters don't want to swing. You know, it's 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 like it's like watching a grandma try to pick produce out in in the produce area of the grocery <laughs> store. You know, it's like hitters are so picky. If if a ball's an inch out off the plate, they won't swing. Or if they get called a strike. They're, they moan and groan about it. It's like, look, if, if it's an inch off the plate, swing. And so I think a bigger strike zone, I think, could help. And I'd like to see a limit, like a roster limit on pitchers. Say your 26-man roster. I know, And right now, because of the short spring, teams have – they're allowed 28-man rosters till May 1st. But your typical 26-man roster – you know, teams are carrying like 13 pitchers, 12. I'd like to see, you know, it limited where maybe on your 26-man roster you can only carry 11 pitchers, for example. And then maybe that would help encourage teams to go back to trying to train starting pitchers to pitch and to pitch length instead of just, okay, throw as hard as you can for three innings and we'll go to our bullpen. So the bigger bases don't do it for you next year. Like that's not a thing that you're like you're you're pumped about as a baseball fan. Uh, th- no, they don't. And I'm glad you brought that up, Jeff. Because real quick, that's another thing where I think baseball is in this era right now where they're trying to they're they're throwing so much stuff against the wall. I'm not sure what the plan and vision is. And the reason I say that, and I'm glad you brought bigger bases. Okay, here's here's. So the bigger bases are going to be used in the minor leagues this year, right? Okay. I was in spring training, and about a week and a half, maybe 10 days before camp was going to break, a coach with a team came up to me and asked, what do I know about the bigger bases? Because his point was they haven't been sent yet to the club. So with about 10 days left in spring training, they, the, the guys that were going to be ticketed for the minors – 
they still couldn't work with them on the bigger bases. And like this coach said, say you're a second baseman, you know, you you position yourself, if somebody's stealing second or there's a play at second, maybe you position yourself in front of the bag, receive the throw from the catcher, and turn quick to do a sweep tag on the guy attempting to steal second. Well, with a bigger base, he's going to be that much further away from you. So right. this coach was worried about, we need to work on this during spring training, and we don't even have the bases yet. And, and he also mentioned along the same vein, a double play, you know. He said, when I was playing middle infield, I like to straddle second base on a double play, you know, receive the throw, jump off, and whatever. Well, now if you're straddling second base, the base is bigger. It's different footwork. And he was frustrated that you couldn't work on that in spring training. That, to me, is an example of there's so much change they're considering right now, but they're they're looking at things before they're ready to implement it. So I, I'm I'm a big baseball fan. I watch every pitch of the Giants game yesterday. I'm going to watch every pitch of the Giants game today. So I'm not really, but, I, but I'm in the age group. I'm 35 years old of the fans that they're trying to get to be more engaged. But they do things like the blackout rules still, stuff on Apple right. TV that that no one subscribes to quite yet, and that they're not putting on television. Like, why don't they fix the things that are helpful? I live in Charlotte, for example. We have four blackout teams. Why do I need four teams blacked out in Charlotte? <laughs> I get the Braves, yeah, that, fine, but the Orioles, the the Nationals, and the Reds. I can't watch my Giants play. I don't. I don't have cable anymore, right? I'm. I don't, I'm. I'm 35. Why well, I don't need, need cable? And like they make yeah. it, they make the product not accessible. Well, everything you just said, I'd say two things. A, you're right. The blackout rule. I hear so many complaints about, and it's crazy. Especially people live up, and I'm told like. North Dakota or some of those northern Iowa, states. Iowa has six teams blacked out. Exactly. And and the crazy thing is, if you're living in Iowa, like, you've got to watch games on TV because the nearest teams, if you try to want to go to a major league game, I mean, you got to plan well in advance if you're going to drive to Chicago or drive wherever else, drive up to Minnesota to see a game. You can't, you can't even attend any major league games in the state of Iowa, so how can that many teams be blacked out? Second thing I'd say to you, Jeff, and, and, and this is where I'm going to disagree with you, um, I'll say this. The teams you just said you get blacked out where you live in Charlotte, yeah, baseball's doing you a favor by blacking the Orioles out. Who wants to watch the <laughs> but, Orioles? No, but my, when the Giants play the Orioles, I can't watch them. That's my point. Okay, all right, I'll give you that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not uh, turning. I only basically way. watch the Giants. I'm not watching other teams play the Dodgers every now and then. It's like I hate watching the Dodgers. But like, why can't I watch the Giants play the Reds? Like, that seems so silly to me. I'm in Charlotte. Why? Why yeah. can't I do that? Totally, totally. It's a great point, and baseball's going to have to figure that one out, and maybe. With these new streaming deals they're cutting with Apple TV and with with NBC Sport, the Peacock Network or whatever they're calling the Peacock uh, streaming, I mean, maybe with that, maybe there will be a solution worked out to the blackouts yeah. because I think if you're – if baseball's stepping into this new streaming era, well, you know, if, if I'm Apple or I'm Peacock and I'm paying you for games – and then I find out, wait, but they got to be blacked out to certain areas. Uh, I would think the more providers that join Major League Baseball to show their games, the more blowback baseball would get for its blackout policy. By the way, you got to check out Scott's book uh, with Bob Tewksbury, 90% Mental, really giving an insight on the game. By the way, Jeff, you don't know this. Scott actually predicted 
the Giants were going to win 107 games last year. It was an unbelievable <laughs> prediction, Scott. I mean, I don't know where he came up with that, but he was the only guy. The one person. The it was one just guy. The one we found guy. Him. I'm like, what? I thought you were in 75 games. Scott, we always have a great time with you. Thank Thanks you. so much for joining us today. All right, guys. Take care. Happy Saturday. Happy new baseball season. Absolutely. Scott Miller joining us there. <laughs> Sirius XM, MLB Network uh, Radio Analyst. We'll get a little more baseball talk in, but right now let's find out what is trending as we welcome aboard the one, the only, Mr. David Gascon. David, how are you today? Felt really good to see the Padres get walked off on the other night. That that really was good. unbelievable what happened to them in their first game. <laughs> they, they brought in a guy who is a 31-year-old rookie yeah. making his Major League debut, but he was a guy who had, you know, been a closer in Japan. Yeah. There was no indication that he would have stage fright. Yeah. He had stage fright. He couldn't throw a strike. Uh, and then they ended up giving up a three-run home run on National Beer National Night. National Beer Day. National Beer Day. And the guy, Beer, uh, I, you know, sometimes it's just destiny. But how about that? Two games, their starting pitchers combined 13 innings, zero hits. Yeah. Zero hits given up so far. So they need to be. It never happened before. They need to, I mean, we said this part of the show, they need to have guys eat up innings. Oh, they do. In that and, starting you rotation. Know, and, you know, they got uh, Musgrove, obviously, pitched really well for him last year. But Blake Snell, former Cy Young winner with the Rays, and uh, it's like a five-inning pitcher. That's yeah. not going to cut it. Got to got to pitch more. No, no, they, they do. A um, couple of games are underway right now. In fact, one of them is looks like it's all but over. Cubbies are seven nothing advantage over the Milwaukee Brewers from the top of the six at Wrigley. Rangers and Blue Jays, Texas leading three to two. Red Sox and Yankees just got underway on FS1. Boston leading two zip. Luis Severino's given up two earned runs so far off of three hits. Marlins and Giants, no score just yet. Guardians and Royals the same. Earlier today, Tampa did take care of Baltimore. 5-3 was the final tally in that one. NBA, Joel Embiid, a monster day. 41 points, 20 rebounds, 4 assists. 76ers beat the Pacers 133-120. to On the ice, Alexander Ovechkin, 44 goals and counting. Capitals and Penguins, 3-3 is the score. Devils 3-1 over the Dallas Stars. I haven't seen him live in a while, but I did get a chance to take a peek at Connor McDavid on Thursday night. Yes. Man, that dude's awesome. I mean, I know Austin Matthews is is dynamite, but he doesn't get a lot of love because he's from, you know, Arizona. But those two guys north of the border are Yeah, phenomenal. Austin Matthews, uh, all-time record for an American-born player, most goals scored in a season. Yep. Uh, breaking that all-time NHL record. So, yeah, I mean, we're you know, on top of everything else right now, we're getting ready for the NBA playoffs, minus the Lakers. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> and also you. the uh, <laughs> NHL playoffs. Uh, David, thanks so yep. much. We'll check in you with you a little later on. All right, so let's let's get you, to the Lakers you're situation. Fam- you're famous. You're now a famous yeah. uh, broadcaster uh, in Lakers land after after winning time uh, season mm-hmm. uh, episode five, season yeah. one. Well, as episode four I was in, episode five. Five, I was yeah, but Jerry Buss, he, he, he got he upset dropped, with you. He, got, he dropped an F-bomb on me. He dropped an F-bomb. I also will be in uh, the final episode of Season 1, Episode 10. By the way, Jeff, you want to talk old school. Are you ready for this? So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going through my stuff. Actually, I wasn't. Uh, my ex, Denise, was going through the stuff. And she came across all these old cassette tapes uh, you know, were recordings when I would tape interviews and everything else. And she goes, can you go through some of this stuff so we can get rid of some of this stuff? So I don't even have a cassette player. We actually had to buy one. Remember the old music box? Maybe it's even after your time. We have like a cassette player in the front and then the disc thing on the top. And it's like a music player. 
So anyway, I'm popping in. I'm, I'm 35. I, I know. Do not remember. All right. So anyway, I'm popping in some of these tapes. You will not believe some of these tapes. So one of them I have. You're not going to believe this. So I'm popping in this tape, and it's me interviewing Dr. J in 1982. No way. 40 years ago. Like, this is like winning time. It's like right out of the show. And I'm listening to myself. What happened was I had just started working as a producer, and I was sent by the guy that was hosting the show to go and try to get some sound. The Sixers were at the Forum to play the Lakers. And you hear me say stuff like, so when Magic as a rookie beat you guys two years ago in the NBA Finals, do you still feel like a little, uh, you know, revenge time here a couple of years later? I'm like, this is me and Dr. J. It's it was my do, do, do you remember the interview? Oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. In fact, what happened was so he told me it wasn't about get, interviewing Dr. J. What he said was, "Look, go down there. Uh, they're having a shoot around, and just see if you can get some sound." Okay, you're not going to hear my voice on the air. He's going to edit it so it's just like you know whatever. So I see Dr. J there, and I can see the local TV stations were interviewing. So I'm like, what the heck? I was 23, almost 24 years old. I'm like, I just walked up to him. I'm like, do I call him Mr. Irving? Do I call him Julius? <laughs> do I call him Doc, Dr. J? So I'm like, Dr. J, would you have a couple minutes to do a quick interview? He sat down, and first of all, he's an insanely great interview. But he, he wasn't short with me. He gave long answers and everything else. And I, I remember just sort of the whole time thinking, this is surreal. Like, I am literally sitting in a one-on-one interview with Dr. J. This is He's coming off an MVP season the year before. This is at the height of his power. Um, so, yes, I remember it like it was yesterday, but when I found the tape – I couldn't believe it was still around, crystal clear and everything else. And it was just mind-blowing. There's another interview I found of me with a guy who had just made his first all-star team in baseball, Barry Bonds with the Pirates in 1990. Me and him on a 10-minute interview. When is the last time someone did a 10-minute interview one-on-one with Barry Bonds? Um, Never. Never. And he's talking about how the Pirates had misused him, how he wasn't getting the respect. He goes, you know, now that I'm hitting like third and fourth in the lineup, I feel like I'm going to show a little more pop in my bat, a little more power. And, you know, I'm like, it's just amazing sometimes when you think back. But and then this is, you know, just talking about with Scott and, and you know, baseball now. And, you know, you, you're 35 and I'm 63. I mean, there's yeah. a big difference age gap wise here <laughs> in, in what we've seen from the game. But it's hard for me sort of to describe like baseball back in those days when I was first starting as an on-air radio guy back in 89 and 90. I was covering a lot of baseball in those days. And just the look in the locker room was a lot different. I mean, outside the Oakland A's with Conseco and McGuire, they were like the first team or like, what are these guys eating? Um, baseball players look like normal people. I mean, they didn't, they weren't, but it was a, just a different atmosphere. And I'm not one of these old fuddy-duddies that say, oh, you know, the good old days. There's a lot of positives. But that's a sport, especially for me, Jeff, where I remember when baseball ruled the sports world. It wasn't the NFL. It wasn't. Yeah. Baseball was the king of the mountain. And I know they're never going to get there again. But there has to be a few ways to make them more uh, more attractive. Because I do love the game of yeah. baseball. And I still want it to survive. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a good question about, about how we get there, right? Um, and I, I really think that... You know, it's it's up to to people like me that love baseball to pass on to my kids, obviously. But I think baseball has to just accept that 
they are what they are and lean into it, right? Like making these changes that they talked about making don't feel like like no one's watching because the bases are bigger, right? Like that's just a, a thing. Like I, I think the, the point that's been made by many people is the is the structure of of what we reward, right? Home runs and that's it, right? There's just there's no art of hitting anymore. There's no kind of gameplay. It's, it's just just who can hit the furthest, right? And I think that that's just not an exciting game to watch. And that's part of it, right? So if baseball wants to change, I know people are disagree with this and I don't really care, but like go back to, to priding yourself on just being able to hit the ball anywhere, right? Like, and have, put the ball in play more often and have there be more action. But all this other stuff just feels so like bigger bases. Who, who needs bigger bases? Who I mean, cares about that? Well, the shift, I think, is one thing you need to eliminate. That, I think that, it's being eliminated next year, correct? Yeah, they, they, that'll be next year. It won't be this year, so you'll see plenty more of that shift. But, no, there needs to be two infielders on one side of the bag and two on the other side. I mean, the shift is, is taken away. Yeah. Offense. We need scoring. We need yeah. offense. No, we do. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. I was watching the Giants yesterday, and yes. they had back-to-back lefties, Jermski mm-hmm. and Belt, tried to bunt for singles um, down the third baseline because right. of the shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yaz was foul, and Belt actually did it, and then there was an overthrow, and they were actually running a score from first base uh, because of it. So I, maybe there's guys like, yo, well, well, if you're going to give us the base, we'll take it. Um, if, we, if that was more of the attitude, we'd see probably less of the shift. Yeah, I, I again, I, I've always agreed with that. I mean that you know if, if you want to kill the shift, hit the other way. Don't hit into the shift every single time. All right, I want I do want to on the other side get to a little of this Lakers situation because they got one more game left. The season is lost. I have followed Laker basketball going back to when Elgin Baylor was still playing. Okay, this is the dis- most disastrous season in Lakers history. They've had worse records, but nothing like this in terms of preseason expectations and how the season played out and now the biggest question is how are they going to do this mess we'll try to figure it out coming up next discover betmgm the betting app sports fans in the capital region turn to for non-stop action all winter long take the excitement of football basketball and hockey to the next level with same game parlays exclusive signature bets odds boost promos and much more Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 
Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Saturday, brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas. The greatest arena on earth, every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Vegas. So make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Scotty Scheffler's lapping the field right now. I just birdied eight, six Shot lead right now for Scotty Scheffler, the number one ranked golfer in the world, having won three of the last five tournaments, and uh, he is running away from the field right now at the Masters. Respectable day for Tiger. He's plus two on the day. Uh, He's now putting for birdie, a long birdie attempt on 16. That's going to come up way short. Uh, That was not a good putt. Anyway, so Tiger hanging in. Just the fact that he's playing is story enough. All right, I want to get to this. Uh, You're a Lakers fan. I'm a Lakers fan, okay? Uh, And I know there's a lot of Lakers haters that are just loving, loving the world right now. Loving it because they're they're LeBron haters. Yeah, LeBron. I I maintain this is the single most disastrous season in Lakers history. Again, they've had worse records. You remember some of those lean years at the end of Kobe's run? And one year they only won 17 games. But they weren't expected to be good. Uh, This team, along with the Nets, was the co-favorite in Vegas to win the NBA championship with LeBron and AD and Russell Westbrook and all these recognizable names they used to fill out the roster, and it's just been a disaster. They didn't even make the play-in. Not even the play-in. How do you go from NBA champions to 11 seed in the space of just two years? But as bad as this year has been, if you look on the horizon, even if they you know fire Frank Vogel, I don't know what that's going to do for you. You could have anybody come in right now. How do you, how do you fix this? I mean, they have no first-round picks for the next three years. They gave yeah. away their drafts in order to get Anthony Davis, who's missed half of his games over the last two years. Russell Westbrook is not going to walk away from that $47 million player option, so you know he's going to be back. LeBron's going into his 20th year. You have no cap space. Figure this one out, Jeff. Save this team. Oh, you have to move on from LeBron, or you have to mm. – or, or mm. you – or – you have to uh, tell him, like, you're just not in charge of, of personnel decisions anymore. Right. Right? Because you have allowed LeBron to, to get Russell – to bring Russell Westbrook in, right? You've allowed LeBron to, um, to to bring Carmelo in, right? Like, all these guys that are just aging that aren't how you win in the NBA now. Um, and so you have to, if you're Genie Buss, if you're the Lakers – you have to either either you have to get rid of LeBron, which I, I don't know how easy that is or if that's possible. And then if you can't do that, then you have to go ahead and find ways to build around him. And you have to let you have to say to me, man, you're not allowed to make decisions anymore. We're making decisions on how this roster is being done. If you don't like that, again, you could you could leave, I guess. But um, yeah, you just can't let LeBron be in charge of that. Well, I remember when the Lakers made the decision to give Kobe that last contract after he had his blown Achilles. And this was right after they had just made a new television deal. And that network really made it clear, we need Kobe. If we're going to get eyeballs, we need Kobe on the court. And they gave him this deal that at the time made him the highest paid player in the league. And obviously after the Achilles, he was a fraction of the player that he used to be. And they're almost in the same predicament right now. Let's say you put LeBron on the market. Because right now, I don't see any value in Anthony Davis on the market. Who's going to make a trade for him right now? Certainly, Westbrook has no market value. So, LeBron going into his 20th year, 
What do you exactly think you're going to get in return for LeBron James? And worse than that, if you get rid of LeBron, why are people paying huge money to go to Laker games? So this this is a predicament that the organization has backed themselves into right yeah. now. And I don't know what it's about because the Lakers have always been about star power. We have the biggest stars. They've had the biggest stars since their Minneapolis days. Yeah. They've always had those huge stars that get butts in seats. If you take that away with the argument, well, you know, we got a championship out of LeBron. We thank him for that. But we have to start preparing for the future. That's going to be a tough sell considering the price tag of those tickets uh, that the Lakers are charging these days. Um, look, the, the thing about about drawing stars to, to Los Angeles was the lure playing in L.A., right? Yep. And now you don't need Los Angeles to be a media star. Big point. You don't need Los Angeles to make money off endorsements. That's what the allure was of coming to Los Angeles. You don't you don't need that anymore, right? You can win anywhere now. Not anywhere, of course, but you, you can be a superstar in, in multiple different cities now where you couldn't do that um, even you know, 10 years ago, it felt like. And so I still think there's an allure to playing in Los Angeles, but you just have to get younger and you have to get more athletic and you have to get just, you have to play to the style that's winning now. And unfortunately, that's not working with LeBron. I, I, I'm fine with keeping LeBron if he agrees to be hands off with personnel decisions, which it doesn't appear that that's what he wants to do. And that's my concern is that you have sold out for LeBron as, look, and you won one championship. But Steve, we've talked about this before. Um, the Lakers are very rarely a one championship type of team, right? They yeah. win them in bunches, whether it's with Magic or with Kobe. Um, they, they win them in bunches, right? Five with Magic, I believe, right? Yeah. Five with Kobe. Mm-hmm. Um this is a very rare one-off in a bubble, mind you, right? And that was the year when they took three months off and got to come back fresh in a bubble. Um, and they wanted to build, too, last year when Anthony Davis. like that, I think that was their goal, and he can't stay healthy. So you're building around a guy when LeBron leaves who you can't trust. Well, whether you like the Lakers or not, they're important to this league, and this is their seventh losing season in the last nine years. You want your big marquee franchises in any sport to be relevant and right now the lakers are not relevant the future does not look bright all right on the other side we got some big nfl news including a tragedy coming up next discover betmgm the betting app sports fans in the capital region turn to for non-stop action all winter long take the excitement of football basketball and hockey to the next level with same game parlays exclusive signature bets odds boost promos and much more plus now you can sign in place bets and manage your cash balance under the same betmgm account in dc maryland and virginia with the same username and password throughout the dmv it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks download the betmgm app today BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, Have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. 
Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. All right, rolling along here on this Saturday, another big day of sports. Harbin and Schwartz with you here. And once again, we're brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Not to... Nothing much to report upon here at the Masters. Uh, Tiger just bogeyed the 16th hole, so he goes back to plus four. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, six shots up on the field right now, uh, and it doesn't look like he's going to back up anytime soon. Um, all right, uh, there was uh, horrific news that came out uh, early this morning. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, uh, former Ohio State All-American Dwayne Haskins, was killed when he was hit by a car. Uh, the latest on the actual accident itself, according to the Florida Highway Patrol, was that, quote, Mr. Haskins was walking on a limited access facility for unknown reasons. He was attempting to cross the westbound lanes of Interstate 595 when there was oncoming traffic. Unfortunately, he collided with an oncoming dump truck and was pronounced dead at the scene. He was just 24 years yeah. old. Um Dwayne Haskins, it's it's complicated. I mean, first and foremost, it's the tragedy of a 24-year-old young man being killed it's in an terrible, accident. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, beyond that. But it's got people talking about what could have been, what never was, in terms of his NFL career. And remember, yeah. this is the same Dwayne Haskins who beat out Joe Burrow yeah. for the starting quarterback position at Ohio State, uh, forcing Joe Burrow to look elsewhere as far as his college career. He then transferred to LSU, and the rest was history. Uh, Dwayne Haskins only started one year, one year at Ohio yeah. State. It was a tremendous season. He put up some glossy numbers. Daniel Snyder, because of Dwayne Haskins' uh, connection to that area from high school nearby, uh, really made the call to make him the 15th overall pick in the draft in 2019. Uh, sort of forced him into action. He obviously wasn't ready, Jeff, after just yeah. one year as a starting quarterback uh, at the collegiate level. And, of course, this year he was just trying to make the roster uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so, I mean, obviously this horrific accident has cost him his life. But just talk about Haskins, the football player. Was yeah. there still – was at age 24, could there so, still have been so an young. opportunity for him to, to find his way in the NFL? Of course. He only started 13 games in the NFL. He didn't start a full season yet. Um, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great at Washington, uh, but he's at Pittsburgh now. He's in a, a place that's a very stable organization, right? Um, and a place where it's him and Tr- Mr. Trubisky. Like, he has opportunity, unless they draft a, a quarterback, of course, in this draft, where he has opportunity to to uh to start um and yeah he's i mean look the the worst of it all obviously is losing someone at 24 right and there's so much of, of his life uh, ahead and I, I i don't know Dwayne haskins i've never interviewed him i didn't really follow his career very much in washington i'm not a washington fan um but then you see today all the tributes pouring in right and and you see how much he was loved by his teammates his former teammates um and uh, at ohio state and at washington and coaches that uh that that uh, shared memories with him as well so it's very tragic and yeah you meant look the football part of it yeah he, he hadn't done as well in washington as people wanted him to 
But uh, to your point, he's 24, man. He had so much time. I mean, look, Chase Daniel is in the NFL. He's he's made like $160,000 a throw in his career, right? Like, right. there's plenty of opportunity at quarterback to continue your career long beyond being a quote-unquote starter, right? And so, um, yeah, I, there's, there was plenty of time for him to become. Was he ever going to become, what, the 15th pick overall? Probably not, but you can still play in the NFL for 13, 15 years at quarterback. Um, and he had the opportunity to still do that with his life. And so it's it's very tragic. And when I read it this morning, too, I saw the original tweet. I, I almost I didn't believe it. Like, it just was out of nowhere. I was just looking on my phone or my I think it was my iPad. I was BSing with some friends over text message about about offensive linemen, of course, as usual in the draft. And then all of a sudden this came in. I, I was I was shocked, man. And uh, very tragic. Um uh, it's it's sad. It's all yeah. You can say. By the way, Joe Burrow and as we mentioned, they were teammates at Ohio State. Posted on his Twitter account. Uh, Tough to find the words. You will be missed. And it showed the two of them uh, meeting after a game uh, between the Bengals and the Steelers, embracing on the field. Um, so I, I, again, it just it's 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 too much i i agree with this morning i was actually doing some other things when my son came in and said that you know Dwayne haskins had been killed and at first i i couldn't even register the name like you know it i'm was, like i mean it I, was shocking. I mean i mean you mean Dwayne haskins the quarterback yes that's what that's what i thought when i read the tweet i was like what 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 so um it's unfortunate. And, you know, the unfortunate part about this is like, you know, the way this this, get, this gets reported, right, is it just 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 give us the news sometimes. Right. Like it, it doesn't have to be commentary about his career at that at that point. There's plenty of time to talk about that. There's plenty of time to discuss, um, you know, his football career. But at the moment when this happens, it's a tragic situation. I feel like it's some, you know, just kind of, it's okay just to not mention that in in in, in a moment. So uh, I hope we did a good job of just kind of talking about him as the person. Also, you know, it's valid to discuss his career. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but again, I think there was plenty of opportunity to become something else. He's 24, man. 24. It's yeah. so much. It's so much well, listening to it's Mike so much Tom, left. Yeah, and listening to Mike Tomlin and those in the Steelers organization, class as usual. And um, you know, they they said, you know, <laughs> we we don't know. I mean, they, they, their their idea was is that he was going to have obviously an opportunity to compete to be on that yeah. football team, and it just won't happen. So it, our it, our it, thoughts are definitely with that uh, family. Just got engaged as well, and so this is just uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, there's a lot of NFL news to get to, and I, yeah. I do want to get to some of this NFL news. Um, one of the things that's been sort of circulating around this league right now, and we've been reading plenty about it, is the ongoing saga of the Washington Commanders. And they, by the way, came out with a statement as well today, we are heartbroken by the death of Dwayne Haskins. But this whole idea of things that Daniel Snyder has been involved with or not involved with and whether or not he's got the owners behind him or they're going against him. Do you have a sense where we're going with this commanders thing right now and whether or not Daniel Snyder is going to be allowed to continue to be the controlling owner of this team? 
Well, the the reports of what um, the new uh, thing he did, right, which I guess he's been doing, which basically has been skimming off the profits, right? So there's a certain percent of, of visiting tickets sales that go to the visiting team. And the reports are that he was skimming off the top of that and not giving accurate numbers uh, and not paying out as he should. And the really sad part about this is not that he did this. And I think, you know, our... our Owner shady. Some are, some aren't. I don't know who is and who isn't. But it seems like Stephen Ross might be. By the way, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, and uh, is that none of the the sexual misconduct that's been discussed of happening in that facility will get him to lose his his ownership? But this will one hundred. If you're stealing money from the owners, you're out. And it's disappointing that that is the. The kind of the cutoff, right? Where we can have all these women talk about all the ways they felt uncomfortable there. And, you know, and there's reports about it. It's acknowledged, but yet this is the reason why. And both, I would agree, are reasons to get rid of the owner. But if you're skimming money, man, they're not taking that. You're out. You're gone as an owner. And if this is proven to be true, Steve, he's gone. He's not keeping his job if you're skimming off the top. Also, I don't know if you saw this, speaking of professional football, the USFL. Are you ready for the USFL? Oh, next week. But I am writing an article for Fox Sports about how to wager on week one of the USFL. Ah, did you see this as far as the new high-tech solution to the first down markers that we have seen since the yeah. beginning of time? They have some kind of uh, chip, in the, chip ball, in the ball, yeah. and this is how they will now measure whether or not there's a yeah. first down. Now, look, I, I've been a I've been a, a proponent, certainly in Major League Baseball, uh, of an electric strike zone to uniform the strike zone. Something they've been experimenting at the minor league level. Uh, what do you make of this kind of technology as far as football is concerned? It's a good step forward, um, and I like the innovation of the USFL. It's good to see. Um, them and I saw there's another another thing they put out about uh, they're gonna two players on each team are gonna wear cameras on their helmets during the game so you get to watch like what happens during that they showed a, a, a wide receiver catch a touchdown pass and I hope people that watch get to see like what it's really like out there that's so much different at the field level as far as the you know the the football chip there's footballs there's chips in the football now um, in the NFL the reason why it's not used for this technology. And um, it was explained by Sam Schwartzstein, who was in charge of the technology and implementation of rules for the XFL. He, he talked about this. He shared a clip on, on Twitter, if you want to go ch- check it out, at, at former offensive lineman at Stanford. He's a very brilliant, very brilliant guy. He mentioned that it's tough to do this because you have to then, you know, the chip's in the middle of the football, right? You then have to account for the front tip of the football, right? So when you measure it, okay, the ball's here, but then what about the rest of the football? Is it over the mark to gain, right? What happens if the chip gets damaged? A ball gets kicked, a chip malfunctions, then what do you do? You know, the technology is very expensive to make this work. He calculated, this is based off of what he said on a video I, I, I listened to at Sloan Conference, that the chain game gets used like once a game. That's it. And so are we going to spend all this money to make sure this is perfect for one time a game? However... All that being said, I love it, man. 
Try it. Go for it. Make the game different. Make it more precise. We we complain all the time about how they how they do how they do the measurements, how they use the chains, and you know, you have you sixty-five year old dudes running out there with a chain gang. Like I'm all for the new technology. Mm. I just think those are things that are okay to bring up when it comes to you know how this might be implemented implemented i should say well um i would have a bigger concern i I agree with you on the chain situation i mean how many times do we actually see the crew runs out with the chains but i'll tell you one thing they do on every play and that's mark the ball i mean what percentage of the times where they place the ball down are accurate i mean Um, that that to me is the biggest question how many times do we see like you have a run into the middle of the line bodies are piled up i think it's it's better i think it's more i think it's more correct than you think really yeah i do because a lot of times i see them you know putting their foot down you're like whoa 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 back up a little bit there no no what what are you looking at here where's the knee down right this whole idea where the knee goes down and where the ball was when the knee goes down i am telling you jeff i watch a a lot of games their marking of where a ball actually should be marked yeah uh, to me, does not look like a high percentage. But here, here's the thing, though. And in a game of inches, it matters. But here's the thing, is that how are you going to make sure that's correct every play? Well, and have a we're game in the move, 21st century, have aren't a we? Game, no, no, but are, how are you going to make sure that in a game with a 40-second with a forty second play clock that you're able to identify precisely where someone's knee goes down, spot the ball, and be able for the offensive defense to, to function without the clock stopping? Like that's nearly impossible to do if you're going to do it only with technology, in my opinion. Uh, unless, of course, you're doing it with the chip, and you then you have to radio in like where the ball is, and then have to place it at the right point. Like, I think it's pretty close to being to being like every play right. Like we're, we're closer than not to being correct, and it's just not worth the extra hassle. Like, like how would it work, Steve? You, you would have to radio down. Hey, hey, guys, his knee was actually down. You just do oh, it like. Look at if we could. Fifty three years no ago, else is doing it. Fifty three years ago, we shot a couple of guys up to that dot in the sky called the moon and brought them back. I mean, come on. Yeah, but it's we a, I'm can do about, this. It's about, this can all be it's done about electronically. The time. It's about Where the time, should the though. ball be? More? It doesn't. It should be instantaneous. This is how, not. What, but there's, what, bo- there's bodies everywhere. How do you know when someone's knee, like? My well, point that's is that, my point. You got to. There's got to be something on the on the field. On the ball and everything else, because but, I it, it drives me nuts. I think it's when not, I'm I watching, they, they toss the is, ball though. back, and you can see no, 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 no. <laughs> you're way, and then they measure, and it's the exact distance that they missed on the marking of the ball is how short they well, are. The, first well, there, are, there are times oh. where it's wrong. Of course, there are. That's yeah, why a lot of times. That's why the chip that talking about using the chip. To how, spot how much first money downs. is being bet on football these days? What do you say the uh, average amount of money bet oh, on? Oh, a lot of money. Yeah, um, billions I, and billions uh, and billions. But the, but the NFL, but here's billions the and billions the and NFL billions and billions has no incentive uh-huh. to do any of this because well, people are I don't know. Watching. Aren't they in partnership now with gambling establishments? Then they, yeah, they cross that gonna, line? Yeah, but people are still going to wager on the game no matter what. Yeah, well, they don't want to get They're ripped off. All right, on the other side, you mentioned that, so I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to bring it up on the other side. The USFL is back, and by the way, same team names. Is there yes. still an ongoing suit about that? Did they settle that suit, or what happened there? I just know the XFL got sued yesterday or two days ago, when they the day after they released their new logo, they got yeah. sued immediately. All right, so the USFL, and if you want a uh, a teaching guide to how to wager on USFL games, you don't want to miss what Jeff has to say coming up next.
Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz. Oh, why? Tough finish for Tiger. Bogey, bogey. Double bogey. Finished with a 78 today, so uh, Tigers at plus seven. It's playing pretty well up until then, but uh, yeah, he went into the crowd at 18, and so there it is. Uh, but still, doesn't diminish the fact that Tiger even playing in this Masters is uh, <clears throat> something yes. that is uh, truly remarkable. But yeah, bogey, bogey, double on the last three holes. So there you go. Not good. Got tired. Um, I want to ask you about this USFL. Uh, and by the way, if if you haven't heard about some of the rules, did you know the USFL will have a three-point conversion? That's right. Yes. You could have a one-point, two-point, or even a three-point conversion where you could try to get a three-point conversion from the 10-yard line, which means, by the way, Jeff, if it's an 18-point game, it's a two-score game. That's right. An 18-point game is a two score game because you could actually get nine points on a touchdown and a three-point conversion. Also, they'll have options on their onside kicks. Uh, you can run a fourth and 12 play from your own 33-yard line in lieu of an onside kick. And if you get the first down, one play, you get to retain the ball. Also, overtime, uh, they will alternate plays uh, against the opposing defense from the two-yard line. Alternate plays uh, until you have a winner. And how about this? You're allowed to throw two forward passes behind the line of scrimmage. That's right. You can actually get two forward passes from behind the line of scrimmage. This is almost a Canadian football league, isn't it? Something like that? Uh, dude, you need to be able to have, um, you know, have reasons why people tune in. And... These are reasons why people tune in. Like, being different is good as long as it's not as long as it's not um, what's what's the way to put it? like cartoonishly stupid, right? Like just I mean cartoonish rules, right? And in my opinion, these aren't these like aren't going to be cartoonish rules. They're going to make the game different. And remember, the NFL adopted and, and has adopted uh, rules from other leagues. Like the, the, if these work and make the game fun, the NFL will look to doing that. How about this? 
Defensive pass interference. 15-yard penalty like the college game, but there is an exception. So let's say guy's running past you and you just tackle him, figuring that's a 15-yard penalty. Uh Uh-uh. That'll be a spot penalty. What do you think of that? So we always talked about that. If you had the college rule about a 15-yard penalty, what would prevent you if a guy broke out in the free to just tackle the guy and just say, fine, I'll take the 15-yard penalty. Well, in the USFL, if you do that, if it's that blatant, uh, then it will be a spot foul. That's smart. That's what I've argued. I love it. All right. So the the USFL is going to have a very different look than we see around the National Football League. Now, does that alter how you approach the games in terms of betting on teams that at least at the start of the season, we have absolutely no clue how good any of these teams are? I mean, you're you're just guessing and yet they're putting out numbers. I I don't know how you do this. I I think I think the lines are basically a a point half either way. So here's my here's my thought. I I had to write about this for Fox Sports. Okay next week and, and so I, I did give this some some uh, some thought if you look at the first week of, of the XFL and the AAF the last two leagues that we had Springlings we had the best teams and the teams that won in week one they're both really the same um, whether it's the AAF or the XFL the best teams were coached by offensive kind of gurus, right? Like guys that have proven year over year, whether most often in college football, that they're great offensive minds. So for example, in the AAF in week one, okay, this is 2019 now, teams coached by Steve Spurrier and Rick Neuheisel won by a combined score of 78 to 28. Mm. In the AA in the I mean the XFL in week one, teams coached by Pep Hamilton, who we know is an outstanding offense coordinator, and June Jones who ran you know this Hawaii offense as right. SMU right for so many years? They won sixty-eight by a combined score of sixty-eight to thirty-seven in the first week. So and and Steve Spurrier and Newhouse both had great records for the whole year uh, at uh, at the AAF. Obviously, the XFL didn't play a full season. So off, I would go offensive coaches. Like if you, so I looked this up, and it feels like the best matches are. Todd Haley, Tampa Bay Bandits, when he was obviously his last stop in Pittsburgh, really good there, right? And then Larry Fedora, who was at North Carolina, was at Texas for a year, and then now was at Baylor last year. And Baylor had a had a their offense was thirty six in efficiency. Th- those to me feel like if you're wagering on coaches early on, kind of just plain coaches, right? Not players, coaches. It seems to be these offensive minded coaches who are obviously going to gear their practices and all what they do towards scoring a bunch of points uh, and probably have good game plans and are able to just piece things together a lot better than defensive coaches who tend to be more conservative, tend to focus on defense. Um, that to me is, is the way to go in week one. All right. So, and by the way, week one is going to start on Saturday, April 16th. So remember, there's eight teams, four games each week in the USFL. They're going to split the games uh, on Saturdays and Sundays. There's a, a Friday game every once in a while. Uh, they're still putting the schedule together. The names are familiar, no question about that. They're literally stealing the names from the original USFL back in the 1980s. By the way, the Dollar Shave Club six blade razor brings noticeably smooth shades with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. I'm just getting a sense that you feel like you're going to make a killing betting on the USFL. Uh... You never make a killing doing much of anything wagering, <laughs> but um, I mean, I'm gonna try if I you know to wager on the games early on. I mean, I'm I work for Fox. 
were covering the games. They're on national television. They they got um, they have the big dog broadcasting crews calling these games. Yeah. Uh, they're important. This league's going to make it because it is owned by Fox and I believe NBC as well. Um, and so the games again, they're going to have good ratings. And what, all the what, games, by the way, are being played in the exact same spot yeah, in, in Birmingham. Yeah. What? what so I, what, I don't understand. You have you have teams that are say yeah. Houston, Michigan, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Tampa, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, Birmingham, and yet all the games I, I are going to be easier, in Birmingham. Yeah. I think it's just easier when they did this with COVID in mind, right? Well, how do, how, does that mean the Birmingham Stallions are the only team that has a home field advantage? I don't think there'll be much of a home field advantage, but in theory, in theory, yes. Look, I think I think they did this because of they designed this league during COVID, right? Is and that forever, or I mean, no? I think next year they'll, they'll go back to being. But you have to you need a budget to be able to do this. But this is also what the AF did. I mean, this is XFL did this. I think too. Um, they they played just kind of in in one location. Um, I'm fine with that. What what I think it's smart about this league is they didn't do this right after football season. Right. The other league started the week after the Super Bowl. And I'm a football fanatic. I know you are as well. You, you're more on the college side than the NFL side, but you, you love football. I love it all. The week after the Super Bowl, I can't watch football. Well, of course not, because can't. you do an eyeball adjustment. If you're just yes. watching the two best teams in the NFL, theoretically, uh, yeah. playing for a championship, and all of a sudden you're watching a minor league brand of the same sport. Yes. It looks but, even worse than it is. But I also like if I if I told my wife after mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, "Hey, hun, I have to watch the USFL." <laughs> I would no longer have a wife. I yes. would be a divorced. I'd be a divorcee. <laughs> so, like, I like this. Is like we're in the you know, we're draft we're draft talk right now. There's obviously some a little bit of fringy talk. There's some other scandals <laughs> brewing around the NFL. But we're kind of all ready to watch a little bit of football. spring games. There's a bunch of spring games today. We're ready to watch football again. And adding this in next week, I feel like there's a perfect time to do that. So I'm excited to watch it. Again, I mean, the wagering, you're just kind of flipping a coin, but I feel like I've found a, a good way to look at, at previous leagues when it comes to how I would wager early on in the USFL. And, and we'll have uh, we'll have fun with it. All right, let's find out what's trending right now as we turn to David Gascon. David, do you have a uh, favorite team uh, in the USFL? No, but no. Uh, I, I do hope that um, – well, I don't hope. I know it'll happen, but – we heard some of the uh, the saga from from Rich about guys not getting paid. Yes, well, that was in the Alliance of American, <laughs> Alliance of American Football, Football. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to be caught up in litigation until the end of time. Let's put it that way. Yeah. That league was uh, should never have launched. Yeah. Should they didn't have the finances in order, and they're going to be having lawsuits forever for that league. I. Uh... I don't know. I can't speak for everybody, but being a baseball fan, I think Jeff is probably on the same page with me. But I, I do appreciate the fact that baseball has a a deep, or at least it used to have a deep farm system. Mm-hmm. You go from rookie ball to low A, high A, double and triple A, and you, these guys eventually go to the show. And although I, I know the the violence is drastically different going from. You know, college football to the NFL. I still, I still feel like there should be a developmental league 
And um, well, it's technically college football. That, that's, no, what the, I know. that's what the NFL looks at it. I, I've talked about this a lot, and maybe this is what the what it is. But the the, the developmental league is tough because yeah, the, wear and tear. Well, they had NFL yeah. Europe for league, guys. right? Yeah, right. For it, years, it, it, it's it's the wear and tear is, is a good point because like when do you do it? Do you Jordan, right. So do you have a, a player on practice squad all season, and then they go and play eight games in developmental league, and then go back to training camp? It's just a lot of football and yeah. so it's just, I think it's hard to to logistically do it it is when the yeah. NFL doesn't want to do it they don't even want to do it yeah no and you know it's it's fascinating like I Steve I think I told you last year I started covering a brand new American style football league in Europe yeah European league of football yeah. and so they started last year with eight teams most of them in Germany Poland and Spain but now they've they bumped up to 12 they eventually want to get to 24 but you get a ton of guys in Europe that are natives there that love the game of football. And if they can't play rugby or if they're too big for soccer, that's exactly what they do. And you get kids that come from Germany that are monsters and they play high school football here and they're getting a lot of looks at the D1 level. And so I understand with Goodell trying to expand the game. Um, and so I just, you know, like a lot of these guys – just don't get the shots, you know. Like, I mean, you hear, you know, Shan Sharp is a Hall of Fame tight end, and he went to Savannah State. Yeah. But how many guys can go out of nowhere and get there? And some guys just need more tape. They just need yeah. more opportunity. Yeah, I know. This is, and we've seen the the XFL launched a couple careers, right? Yeah. We've seen Canadian Football League. Yeah. Here's what we warm the Giants. <laughs> um, uh, we had a player. Um, uh, who was German? Who went to NC, uh, Marcus Kuhn? Who went to NC State? Mm-hmm. Straight from Germany, learned how to play football. Was drafted, and now he, I think he calls games for for German uh, language uh, football games. It's That's fantastic. That's the Jones. But we yeah. haven't had a truly competitive league to the NFL since the USFL, the original USFL, where they the were so literally now. signing elite college talent. Many guys that started their USFL careers or careers in the USFL ended up in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know, whether it was Reggie White or Jim Kelly or Steve Young or Gary Zimmerman. I mean, go down the list. Oh, my gosh. Uh, right. Sam Mills, who just got into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, started the SFL. So I'm always curious. It's one thing about these alternate leagues in the offseason. Could there ever be a competitive league against the NFL? Now, here's the question, though, for you, Jeff, since you mentioned the rest. European leagues for soccer do this. Well, they'll have a schedule in the fall take an extended break and then revamp in the spring could professional football players do that well i mean it's the it's the physical wear and tear it's not really like the running right yeah like it's just the physical clanging and banging time to recover <laughs> i was on practice squad my rookie season um i played offensive line defensive line and special teams in every practice yeah uh, now i'm also 22 so like i could recover a lot better True. If I then had to play three months of a spring league, and then what if I got hurt? What if I, you know, just got too beat up and couldn't get ready for training camp in time? Yeah. It just the, to just do what to get some more film. I'm already I was drafted by the Panthers. I, I didn't really need more. Film. I just think it'd be tough to. If the NFL wants it, they can make it happen. But I don't think they feel a need for it because college football is a free minor league for them. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Um, guys, speaking of uh, competition right now, Major League Baseball, 
full weekend ahead of us. Red Sox and Yankees tied 2-2. It's on FS1. Marlins won nothing in San Francisco. Guardians and Royals are no score just yet. Tampa won earlier today. They beat the Orioles 5-3. White Sox were 5-2 winners over the Tigers. Uh, NBA menu today, it's rather light. In fact, just three games on the day. Four of them, excuse me. One's in the books. Philadelphia beat Indiana 133-120. Joel Embiid 41 points and 20 rebounds. On the ice, Capitals and Penguins. 3-3 is the score. Alexander Ovechkin is 44th of the season. Jeff Carter is 17th of the year. Back to you guys. All right, thank you very much. Uh, just quickly here, uh, Jeff, and on the other side, I want to get into uh, a different story, but I just want to follow up on the Masters uh, today. Again, Tiger uh, finished bogey-bogey, double bogey today, and up with a 78 on the day, and so he's tied for 41st out of 52 golfers that made the cut. Uh, obviously, Tiger's uh, miracle comeback. I think it was amazing, wasn't it? As soon as he announced that he was going to play, people were suddenly like going out on the limb like he'll win. Um, I, and I, I just, that was that felt impossible. Yeah, and sure. Tiger, uh, you know, people were betting on him like crazy. I just saw a post-round uh, interview with him. I couldn't hear what was being said. He had a smile on his face, which usually means – uh, look, this is the reality. <laughs> you know, I haven't played, and now I've gone three straight days of playing at Augusta National, and he's probably running a little out of gas, which is very understandable. But I, I want to get back to something you said uh, of someone in their mid-30s and having, you know, really Tiger uh, launch uh, yeah. A different level of interest in a sport that, uh, at best, you may have had a, a fleeting fancy uh, for. Um, I mean, how, how does that work for you? I'm always curious uh, from a generational standpoint because, obviously, I, I my interest in golf goes way beyond before Tiger was even born. So, I mean, it's, it's a different uh, play for me. But, I mean, seeing all this – electricity around Tiger Woods. I mean, here was this, you know, miracle comeback, and you you watched as well as I do. It was nonstop. I mean, once he walked out at Augusta on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, they were following his every move. Yeah. And you just have to wonder how healthy is a sport if they're solely dependent on one guy constantly making one comeback after another, yeah. added to the fact he's already 46 years of age, okay? It was not like a comeback at 36. He's 46 years old. But how healthy is a sport of golf where they still will spotlight Tiger Woods every chance they have? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's not good no. <laughs> for the sport. Um, to have that, you know, there was just, you know, the, the Tucker phenomenon, you know, obviously he acted different than any other golfer, right? Like that was a, to me, like I loved the emotion he showed, right? And just a fist pumping and the, you know, a little bit of swearing, which, which he did earlier this week yep. and just how much he loved, obviously he loved playing the sport and he was passionate about it, but he's just different, which, which I think we all appreciated. And we all like watching good sports. We all like watching guys who can make shots. No one else can make who can hit putts. No one else can do. And I think because golf is a sport that's accessible to the masses, right? Like you just can't put on pads and go play football. Right. But I could go golf. I go tomorrow and golf. And I sort of know personally what it feels like to try to make a long putt. Not at Augusta, obviously, but I know what that feels like, right? I yep. know what it feels like to try to hit out of a sand trap or, or or hit out of the pine needles. 
I, I'm not good at it. I'm terrible at golf. I know what that feels like. So when I see Tiger Woods at one of the toughest courses ever go out of the pine needles, 180 yards, three feet from the flag, I'm like, oh my God. Like I can, because I, because I, because I play golf. I know what that feels like right now. Obviously as a kid, I didn't, but like now I'm like, oh my God, watch this. So I think like all of that and the winning, he just was so dominant. Um, and there was no one like Tiger. There would never be anyone like Tiger. And the whole golf industry was built around that. And I think, you know, we always, it, I don't do this, but people talk about the next Tiger. Stop talking about that, right? We don't do that. We don't see the next LeBron. We're not saying the, the, the next, I mean, who's baseball? Who is it? Mike Trout? I mean, no one mm-hmm. knows who Mike Trout is. Um, like, no, it's just golf is just trying to find the next, no, find someone who just is themselves. Maybe it's, it's Scheffler. But again, Tiger's, mm-hmm attitude and his passion and just being different than golf traditionalist that's i think what drew, what, what what drew people in first and we're just not going to find that very much now yeah and and going way back to the uh, days of jack nicholas you know jack nicholas was not a charismatic guy uh, Arnold Palmer was the charismatic guy. And all of a sudden, Nicholas just started beating him constantly in these major golf championships. And eventually what happens is when you become that dominant, even if you're not the most colorful personality, you gain stature. So no one is ever going to have the combination of the perfect storm that was Tiger Woods in the heyday. But if someone could come along and really take over the sport like Scotty Scheffler has for the last, you know, six tournaments, uh, but can do that over year after year after year after year after year, as Nicholas did, then you could have that kind of level of a superstar in a sport like golf. But here's the thing about Scheffler, man. He just looks like a red dude, a hundred different dudes I see play golf. I know, I know. I I, I know it's not fun to talk about that when it comes to Tiger, but that definitely is part of it, right? No question. Tiger was was different. He is different. They'll never be another Shuffler looks like, I could go to the golf course tomorrow (laughs) and see 27 shufflers at the country club down the street, which I'm not even a member of. That's a big part of the draw of Tiger. Absolutely. Uh, Perfect storm. All right, on the other side, I want to talk about superstars, but in a different sport. Where are they? That's a question coming from the commissioner of the NBA coming up next. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 
or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Saturday. We may have a shifting on the leaderboard at the Masters. Scotty Scheffler just bogey the 12th hole, and I believe Cameron Smith has a eagle putt at 15 that could get him to 8-under. And Scheffler just drove the ball poorly on 13, so maybe just maybe we're going to have some competition in what has been the Scotty Scheffler story so far at the Masters. We're going to keep you updated on that. By the way, the Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. What did you make of uh, Adam Silver calling out the uh, superstars of the NBA for not showing up for more games. Load management. By the way, the biggest defender of this, obviously, is Kawhi Leonard. He's been doing it for about four years now. But other of the uh, top names have decided to take some time off. How do you even correct something like that? What, what, what can you do? Adam Silver, this is your fault. It's your league. You let the players run the league. Which is fine. I'm fine. That's a business model. More power to the players. But like, you gave them the power to do whatever they wanted. You know, there's incentives to sitting out. You have to. I don't know what. I don't know how you take the incentives away. I mean, you you, you dock them. You know, draft slot. I, I I don't know what how you do it, but you've enabled the players to not play. It has not hurt the bottom dollar. They're still making a ton of money. Obviously, fans. Look, I went to a Lakers game. I told you guys this. Um, you know, in, it, LeBron and AD both sat out. So uh, I, I, LeBron had an ankle injury. To be fair, but like that was pretty miserable. Like I, I don't do, do I want to spend that money next year? And maybe LeBron plays. Maybe he doesn't. Like that's the thing that they're going to have to decide. To me, it's all about Adam Silver allowing the players to do whatever they want at all times. Yeah, I, it's a players' and, league. Yeah, I, you know, Colin Coward was throwing it out there that uh, you lose. Uh, 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 a spot in the voting for any of the awards and stuff like that. How, if you only how play. many days? But here's here's my only pushback on that, is that there are obviously legitimate times guys are hurt. Exactly, that's my and point. So you you can't always say that that's the issue. Is that right? There I mean, are let's times say players that, are hurt, and, right. and and you can't just be like, well, you're forced to play on a bum ankle tonight because you have too many days you're right. off. Well, and by the way, uh, the all-NBA team, you know, MVP, the, forget the individual awards, but the all-NBA team is tied to whether or not you can actually know, get silly. the uh, super, you know, uh, which contracts. Really, which is dumb. But yeah, it, but that, it's not that was well. part of the deal. If you made an all-NBA team, first, second, third team, then you're eligible for the yes. super-duper contract yeah. extensions. And now we're talking tens of millions of dollars uh and if let's say you got legitimately hurt and you put an arbitrary number of let's say like colin said 85 percent and you played in 84 percent of the games you're gonna lose all that money because you had a legitimate injury that doesn't sound right you can't but i think that i think in general though adam silver and making this such a players driven league has allowed this to happen yes um but it's also a sport where, you know, playoff seating is not terribly important. Um, the NFL, by the way, is sort of getting to that um, the last couple of years. But, like, if you're the eighth seed, there's no – you can still go on the road and win four games. Like, that's something you can do in the NBA. Um, and that's why I think the players are even more like, yeah, whatever. Like, if we have to, you know, be the sixth seed, but I feel fresher, then, then I'm all for it. 
By the way, uh, you know, we never really spoke of uh, the championship game in college basketball, which looked like a dud and turned out to be a classic. On the other side, how's the future of college hoops look? We'll get to that and much more coming up next. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, rolling along here on this big sports Saturday. Things getting a little more interesting at the Masters. We are brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Coming up later in the hour, Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, is going to join us. Got a lot to talk with him about. So uh, Cameron Smith birdied the 15th hole. So suddenly, Scotty Scheffler's lead, which was at 1.6 is now down to three. So a little more competition going on uh, in the Masters. So, Jeff, I I saw this. I don't know if you saw this Dabo Sweeney comment, but uh, this really pertains to college sports in general. So Kansas, by the way, what did you think of that championship game last Monday? I mean, at halftime, it looked like it was over. No team had ever been that far down in a championship game and came back to win. I thought Hubert Davis' inexperience, I could not understand what he was doing. He had a 15-point lead, and by the time he finally called a timeout, their lead was one. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Stop the flow here. Yeah. Um, I I think it was clear that North Carolina, you know, as we sort of predicted, ran ran out of gas, but – but – they did it a lot later than I thought they would. And Baycock getting hurt and Love getting hurt. I mean, just and, – and, and Kansas tried to keep him in that game. I've never seen a player run out of bounds like that, an inbounds like that. Like, they had a great play called, and he just ran out of bounds. Yeah. Like, I, never I seen mean, that, play, that, was, that, a, was, that was a Chris Webber moment. I mean, there's no doubt oh, for that, sure. uh, that they were able – and then what happened was is that Manic uh, Fell down. slipped – yeah. On on what was the design play for the three point shot to try to tie it up? So Kansas gets the uh, championship. By the way, you know Kansas is still being investigated these days. Um. Yeah, never, <laughs> never, never uh, give in to NCAA. Just never do it. Okay. Um, so here here's my question to you, and some of the comments about Dabo Sweeney that we need a major overhaul uh, in college football right now. He's talking about something I've been talking about for 20 years, sort of the separation of the uh, elite conferences from the uh, second five conferences at the Division One level. But much more than that, everyone seems to be perplexed by this combination of the transfer portal and the NIL. And there doesn't seem to be a clear definition, at least according to Dabo Sweeney and many coaches, on exactly how we go from here, Jeff. I mean, when you when you can talk about this transfer portal where you can go from one school to the next, 
one time, one time yeah. without having to sit out an entire season. Yep. And you add to that the ability to uh, these players to make money with the yep. NIL. It just seems to me that I'm trying to figure out where does the NCAA fit in all this right now. So what what are well, your they thoughts? Don't. Because they're, they're, the NCAA is they're they're done. They're, they're this they have no say on this. They're they keep saying, hey, we're waiting to the Supreme Court. Your legislation NCAA has no say on this. They they punted on all of it, and now it's the Wild West. Okay, so. I love this topic. I'm glad you I talk about this every day on my Pac-12 show. Like literally, we talk about transfer portal NIL every single day because uh, it was what college sports is now. Look, the transfer portal. I was um, mildly against it. All right, and this is the reason why. It was what we're seeing now. Right after the, I'll just use women's basketball for example because I just saw this number last week. After there was a great game, South Carolina and UConn. Right Saturday night, Sunday night. Great game. Next day, I see a tweet that there are over a thousand players in the women women's college basketball transfer portal. A thousand players. There's more than that, obviously, in the college football portal. And what's 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 makes it worse is not only that there's players in there, but a lot of them aren't finding homes. First of all, they're, they're, right. they're not finding places to play, and a lot of them are going from. Power five down to group of five, right? Or group of five down to to to, to FCS. So they're not finding the greener pastures. And I, and I said this, that this is what's going to happen, is that guys are going to want to transfer. They're going to strike out doing it, and their careers are going are to change. And again, they're 18, 19, 20 years old. It's their choice. They're fine to do that. And maybe next couple of years, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kind of peter out. But the transfer portal was originally thought of, Steve, to be for guys the, you know, back-end roster guys, um, you know, coach doesn't like you type of thing. It wasn't for Remy Martin, the two-time all-Pac-12 first-team player, to go from Arizona State to Kansas right now. Good for you. You won a championship. Like, I'm happy for him. But that's not what it was supposed to be. And I think people underestimated, not me, what this would be, right? So now we're finding out, and this is tied to NIL in a second. We're, we're finding out now that anyone can go at any time, obviously, right, as we've seen. And the frustration from coaches is this. This is a frustration. Is that it's a new era and how it affects them. And how it affects them is this. When, when I got recruited by Mike Bellotti at, at, at Oregon, I signed my letter of intent. I was happy to go there. And that was the last time he had to recruit me. Never again did he have to recruit me. Right, Steve? Yeah. Now you have to keep recruiting players Constantly. because you don't know when someone's going to leave. I'll give you an, an example right now. I'm an Oregon Duck fan, obviously. I'm an Oregon Duck. They have a five-star young quarterback who did not play much last year. His name is Ty Thompson. They transferred in Bo Nix from Auburn. Bo Nix is presumed to be the guy who's going to start this year. But during spring practice, every time there's an open spring practice for, for the media, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, guess who's with the first team? Ty Thompson. No one sort of believes he's the first-team quarterback, but you have to do that because, A, you have to show other recruits that who want to come to Oregon that the young guys are going to play. Two, you have to make it feel like Ty Thompson is going to play because guess what? If he left spring ball thinking he was not going to play, he's gone. Gone in a heartbeat, which is good for him. It's his choice. Go ahead. But gone in a heartbeat, right? So coaches are frustrated that they have to keep recruiting their own players. It's a new era. That's why a lot of older coaches are getting out. And a lot of younger coaches who have the energy for this, who kind of grew up in this new era of sports and social media, kind of get these young kids now. Now, how does name image like this 
tying into this. Now you add money to to you know to the equation, yeah. right? Where there where there's money being exchanged now for players going to certain places, for recruits going to certain places, right? Orking last night got a five star commitment from an offensive lineman in, at Washington. I don't know, but I feel like he probably got a good NIL deal, right? Uh, we've heard of uh, Quinn Ewers, and we've heard about other players in recruiting, right? There's a rumor that a young man from California, a junior, five-star quarterback, one of the best in the country, got $8 million from Tennessee to go there as a collective, right? That that, that they have formed. Oregon has right. one. USC has one. Washington. So it's a brand new game. And to wrap this up with Dabo now, who who doesn't seem to get this, man, is that the, the game has changed, whether you like it or not. Yeah, but it's too much work. This is what the game is now. See, that, that's where I'm thinking. He's just like, first of all, you, you mentioned how many players do you think are in the college football? I, I could probably find the number right I now. mean, we're talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of players. Yeah, and and, and, and how are you supposed to scout these players when you're also well, on the recruiting trail well, that's, for all I mean, this high he, school talent? And then on top yeah. of that, trying to gauge about the whole NIL yeah. dynamic. I like, mean, So most, what's the asking price? Have, how do we get these guys? Well, most teams have, you know, enough staff to deal with that. I'm not even worried about that part of it. I, I, I think that, you know, we've seen, you know, it, you know, you follow a coach or, you know, someone who. But that's a pretty big board, Jeff, of talent. Sh- if you're no, looking at the transfer portal, I, I, yeah, on top I don't of high feel school sorry. players. I, I mean- don't feel sorry for a coach making $10 million that things are tougher for them now, right? So, um, but, but the thing about Dabo, though, is he routinely doesn't seem to understand the game has changed. And no matter how much he belly aches about it this is what it is nick saban does never says he might be against nil he might be against transfer portal he will never say that out loud because the game is nil recruiting a transfer portal if you want to win you have to accept this is what college sports is now i would sell all my stock in dabo sweeney he can't accept it he doesn't take transfers i'm not sure how much nil they're doing over there and he doesn't seem to understand whether you like it or not. This is what it is now. This is what the game is. It's NIL. It's transfer portal. And I'm for the NIL part. I, I love it, man, right? Because in any other walk of life, you're allowed to make money off your name and like this. If Look, would I pay $8 million for a junior in high school to be my quarterback? No. But it's not my money, right? Not my money. And if that's what the market says... Okay, but we saw last year, though, and no one wants to talk about this. A lot of players who got big money deals, whether it was Quinn Ewers, whether it was Spencer Rattler, whether it was um, DJU at Clemson, Derek King of Miami, I'm talking about mostly quarterbacks, right? Didn't play very well last year. So there's an added pressure now to those players of obviously living up to the expectations of the money. And I'll add this part. This is where I think coaches are, are, are I, they have a rightful gripe on this part right here. So there's, have you heard of these collectives being formed, Steve? Yes. Okay, so the collectives, for, for, for those who don't know, are basically a, a, you know, a pool of donors, pool their money together, and form the Hartman and Schwartz Collective. Right. right? And we would go ahead and we would take this money and we'd go buy ourselves the best radio crew of all time, right? So Tennessee has one, Oregon, Washington, USC, they all have collectives, right? But the, problem, the, the, the difference in this, in this, though, is that if you're getting money from boosters through a collective, that puts pressure on the coach to play that player, right? Yes. And that well, puts pressure all... on the player mm-hmm. to play well 
at a young age, there's pressure anyways. Remember the Spencer Rattler situation after he got all that money at Oklahoma? And then all of a sudden, I mean, you know, the coach is getting calls, right? They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why is he so, on the bench? We've invested so, a lot of money so in this that, guy. That is where I understand coaches being upset because yeah. you know, now you've lost control, obviously, of the roster Ooh. and you don't have, you know, boosters calling you every day and right. be like, hey, why is my guy not playing? Um, and it does look, it does feel weird to say, like, hey, again, this player out of California is getting $8 million to go to Tennessee. It's a lot of money, but. Mm. This is what it is now. And if it doesn't work out, if he doesn't work out, his other things don't work out, then they'll pay less three years from now. But this is the Wild West. It's what's happening. Mm. You know, I saw Lincoln Riley today with a quote about it, like he was upset about the way NIL. I'm like, dude, you're benefiting from it at USC. Caleb Williams got there. He's got five different deals happening Yeah, right but now. your Oregon Ducks are beating him down like a – well, we right well now. we're we're two and zero now. Two and zero. That's undefeated. Undefeated. And, um, I know what uh, you're talking we'll about. It. Hey, by the way, very quickly here, and I mean like real quickly. And I say the name Braxton Burmeister. What what memories do you have of him in Oregon? Because out uh, like six years later, he's at San Diego State. Yeah, it's like his fourth What's, team, right? Yeah. The, he well, to, he went from Oregon, where he beat out Justin Herbert for the starting job as a true freshman. Yeah. Then Herbert people don't came remember in the that. Season, yeah. Uh, and then he went to Virginia Tech, and now at San Diego State. Oh, but okay. There was um, a time when Braxton Burmeister actually put put Justin Herbert on the bench at Oregon. That just remember uh, he that. He did, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. Okay. San Diego State, Arizona, week one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I already have uh, looked uh, at the schedules. Are you going to go to our new stadium down there? Oh, I, I, live in, I live in Charlotte, so uh, I'm not flying I know to San you're going to make the trip. I might, I for, it. It's a personal guest. They have really good food, too. I, so, I, uh, I will say there is no team in the country, Steve, <laughs> yeah. that has more hype than Arizona. Yeah. They had one win last year. They're the most hyped one-win team <laughs> of all time. All right, well, slow down on all your Pac-12 talk, because on the other side, we're going to get back to the the National Football League. Our Fox Radio, Fox Sports Radio insider Adam Kaplan will join us coming up next. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Saturday, brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas. 
the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sports you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Vegas. So make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Well, join us as he does so graciously every week. Our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, Sirius XM NFL's Adam Kaplan. And Adam, it's it's hard to start without talking about the tragic death of Dwayne Haskins uh, killed. He was struck by a vehicle. We don't know all the details, but a 24-year-old young man has lost his life right now. And, you know, earlier Jeff and I were just talking about Dwayne Haskins uh, as one of those what-if guys after one year at Ohio State where he beat out Joe Burrow for the starting job. He opted out for the NFL. Daniel Snyder, uh, because of uh, Haskins' local ties to the community, thought he was a great choice as a first-round draft pick. He never really felt like he had a commitment from the coaching staff. He was trying to make the team in Pittsburgh. But uh, how would you evaluate what happened to Dwayne Haskins in terms of his NFL career. Yeah, and first, you, we definitely want to say, uh, you know, our thoughts were, there, were, were with his family here, and there's no question about it. Yeah, um, look, Daniel Snyder was involved in that that selection, I know for a fact. Um, he put pressure on their front office to make it. Uh, you know, Dwayne worked through everything, uh, you know, which is well documented if you've looked at his career, uh, things that he had to work through. And uh, the Steelers, uh, in fact, I know for they were pretty happy with him enough to bring him back, and he was just trying to work his way back. And it's a shame. It's just a real shame uh, what happened. Uh, but if you look at his career, um, yeah, I mean, look, he, he left school early. It didn't work out in Washington. Uh, he started to get some things together with Pittsburgh, and they really wanted to develop him as, as their backup, their number two quarterback. That's why they brought him back. Yeah, I was asking about that. It feels like you know, he went from an organization that was very unstable, right, that didn't really yeah. want him from the coaching staff to an organization that's very stable that did want him to be part of the team. I, I know there was some talk that there might be some, you know, there, there would be a competition with Trubisky. Did, did you feel like Pittsburgh was genuine when, when they talked about a competition with, with, Hath, with Haskins and, and uh, Trubisky? Not real. It, the, my understanding was they they put a low tenor, restricted free agent tenor on him. They brought him back uh, with with the belief he would be, compete for the backup job. Yeah. Trubisky was is being paid to compete for the starting job. They're expecting to be the starter. Now, could they draft a quarterback in the first round? Sure, I I, I would doubt it. Uh, they've got a lot of needs, and this is not probably the draft. You know, as we turn our attention to this draft, uh, where you know if you need a quarterback, this is probably not going to be your draft. I'm not saying there won't be as many as four quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Just when you think that won't happen, it happens. That's when you don't have a quarterback, you draft a quarterback early. That's typically what you, what happens. But you know, you look at the Saints, their big trade with the Eagles this week. What are they going to do about quarterback? They don't have a left tackle. That's the that's the interesting part about this draft now. When that we're three weeks uh, less than three weeks away, is the intrigue with what some of these teams that have multiple first round picks or picks in the upper half. What are they going to do? Yeah, and and speaking of the draft, obviously we're just weeks away from the draft. Look, getting very excited. We're going to break it all down with Adam in the weeks ahead. But there's still some big-name free agents out there, aren't there? I mean, guys that a lot of people thought would be scooped up. I think of uh, Gilmore, Matthew, uh, Clowney, uh, Ingram. I mean, there was, there's still some pretty big-name free agents that are still looking for work. Why is that? Two things, age and money. Uh, the, the issue, uh, the Honey Badger, as I understand it, wants multiple years. Uh, he does turn 30 later this month, I believe. He may be, you know, the, the, by the way, the Chiefs did not make an offer to bring him back. They decided to move on without him. 
and brought in another safety in his place. So uh, the league is kind of t- – Jeff knows this as a former player. The league kind of tells you where they're at with players, yep. and they just tell you they don't think he's worth it. Um, now, you look at some of the other players out there. Stephon Gilmore still could play. Uh, talking to the Panthers, to start free agency, they had, they had interest bringing him back, but – on a lower end deal, and he wanted to wait, and they resigned Dante Jackson, who was one of their starting quarters last year, to an extension. So that kind of ended any possibility of him getting any money from the Panthers at this point. So that's kind of why they're out there. It's generally age and injury history. Um, really, when you look at all those guys that are out there, there aren't a lot of young mid-level free agents that are still out there. I do have some draft questions for you, but I have to ask about about this Tom Brady story that uh, came out this weekend. Not really a, a about Tom Brady per se, but but Stephen Ross. I, I feel like if, yeah. if you add up the allegations that Brian Flores uh, that seem legitimate, right? Well, he has a memo that he wrote about it. Sure. And and now you have this allegation, not really allegation, but the story that you know he was trying to recruit Tom Brady to be the team president while he's on Tampa Bay. So you have tampering. And you have the possibility of asking your coach to lose games for money. I mean, it feels like those are two pretty good reasons why you might not own a football team anymore. Jeff, I'm going to give this is what you need to know about Stephen Ross. Intellectual, he's very smart from a football standpoint. Let me just give you the first dumb thing he did. So in my reporting on something that he did many years ago, you might remember he interviewed Jim Harbaugh in an airplane hangar while he still had a head coach of Tony Soprano. Okay? You can't do these things. And he thought he can get away with it. This guy's never learned. It's just it's the story of a lot of these owners. They think they're above it all. No matter how smart they might be and, and, and wealthy, they're dumb from a football standpoint. It's just this is the story of Stephen Ross's career. I'm very interested to see what happens with Discovery here uh, from a legal standpoint with um, Brian Flores and Stephen Ross. And because and, uh, as long as Brian Flores goes through with what he said he's going to do, he said he's, he won't settle. Because the league, from a standpoint, always wants to settle. They don't want the, the, the bad stuff to come out. I'm very interested to see what happens here. Because you just mentioned it. And by the way, Daniel Snyder, we don't have enough time to talk about him. I, you know, I'd love to go yeah. into that for a half an hour. But if, if some of this stuff comes out, you're right, Jeff. You're on the right area here. This is detrimental for his ability to own the football team. You're absolutely right. All right. Well, let, let me take this a step further. Okay. So you talk about Stephen Ross. You talk about Daniel Snyder. You talk about Jerry Jones. I mean, we're talking about owners that are these billionaires, and they got that way by basically never having anyone stand in their way. Um, and, and now we got the sale of the Denver Broncos. Is this simply mm-hmm. going to go to the highest bidder? Who knows what the final price tag is going to be? But you always got Jeff Bezos sitting out there with more money than anybody <laughs> just saying, I'm just going to wait till uh, everyone throws their money in the pot and I'll double it. There you go. Here's $10 billion. And, What do I care about how yeah. much money I spend to get an NFL team? But when, you, when you're bringing this infusion of this indescribable wealth into the NFL and the power of these individuals – how do you possibly police it? I mean, who is there to police these guys from doing the same things over and over again without any repercussion? Look, the, I've said this for years, and this is my, one of my favorite cl- quotes that I got from someone who works in the league, and I've used it on my own. The league will always be successful in spite of itself. It's just you, There's nothing they can do to ruin the game. No matter what comes out, whatever what stories come out, you think the league's tarnished, they're not. We're always going to go. It's the most watched sport in, in the world, it's in, in, particularly in the States. It's not even close. Um, and, and you mentioned Denver. That'll have a record price uh, when, when this, the sale is completed. Uh, and, and Denver, by the way, has got a little bit better following than you think. Uh, it's just the way it is. And now they've they got Russell Wilson. And that, that really helps, by the way. 
So it's uh, it's really remarkable what has happened. It, you know, someone's got their books have been written about the NFL over the years, many years ago, about some of their issues. But so many things have happened, like this Daniel Snyder stuff. It's unbelievable. Now we'll see what the latest transgression that's been accused that he's been accused of is true. Um, two separate uh, counting books. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, almost hard to believe, but we'll we'll see what, what's real and what's not. But it just doesn't stop. Last question from me is: As we approach the draft, we know there's always one guy that falls down the draft boards. It feels like Kayvon Thibodeau is is that player, the defensive end out of Oregon. Just kind of more talk and the uh, draft odds and whatnot. Is he the guy that was projected to, to maybe the first pick that falls out of the top ten? Well, here's here's his issue. This has come from this is all from tape study from NFL people. If you if you grade the tape and and. And just not the athleticism. If you just said, okay, this is what the guy is. He's not a top 10 pick. There's some stiffness. Uh, there's some things he's got to clean up about his game. Is he going to the first round? Yes. Is he going to the upper half? Yes. But Hutchinson's a much better football player, Aiden Hutchinson. And by the way, he's not related to Steve Hutchinson, just to clear that mm-hmm. up. Correct. Uh, as his agent, Mike, Mike uh, McCartney, told me at the senior ball. <laughs> I was kind of laughing because they went to the same school. But no, in fact, um, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, almost certainly, who, who's the top cornerback for this draft, Gardner, depending on who you speak with, guys, we'll talk more about this going forward. Might be the best player for this draft, believe it or not. Well, I, the, I've heard more. Sorry, I've heard more. Trayvon Walker, number one, recently too. Yeah, he. Well, here's the his deal is he could play inside or outside on D line. He's very interesting, but people have to figure out is he Solomon Thomas, a guy who could play inside or outside on the D line, or is he really more gifted? That's what you have to decide if you're going to draft him. Yeah, he's skyrocketing right now. But this happens, we know, every year going to the draft. And how much is real and how much is it just buzz? You know, as teams are trying to throw the scent off him, which direction Actually, they're going. Actually, Steve, yeah. it's really has nothing to do with it. It's, it's what the t- it, it depends on you speak to. I always laugh when people are dr- moving up draft boards. It's literally not the case in, in most of the cases. If you talk to a general manager in, in, in January, he may have not seen all the players. So let's say he has a general opinion of going to see the guy on live in, Jan- in, in November, he didn't like the tape. He gets through, he didn't like what he saw live. You go through all their game tape from last season, he could have a completely different opinion if you talk to the guy in March. It just depends when you talk to people. I, I kind of laugh when people say, like, guys are falling. It's literally not true. No. But believe what you want. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I always go back to last year when we heard that the 49ers were torn between Trey Lance and Mac Jones. We're like, Mac Jones? Well, the real story Mac is actually jo- who, the real who, story is, is, who is thinking Mac Jones is Kyle worth Shanahan's, moving up to the third right. pick in the draft. Well, as it turned right, out, Mac right. Jones is a pretty good quarterback. No, but Kyle Shanahan, was personnel control, had one opinion, yeah. and there were other people in the front office. It's, that is true, who had a different opinion on who the best quarterback was. But yeah. uh, the, those are some great draft stories, by the way, I'd love to talk about. Uh, if you could remember this, or I'll bring it up. One of these t- times over the ne- before the draft, I got some good draft stories that uh, – where things were not told, that what came out was not the truth and vice versa. It's actually very interesting. All right, Adam, yeah. we love teases in radio. We're big on yes. teases. We'll do uh, that. Uh, sure. We're going to do a lot of that over the next couple of weeks with the draft getting underway on April 28th. As always, Adam, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Adam Kaplan, Fox Sports Radio, NFL Insider. Oh, NFL Draft Talk. Can't wait for all we can of that. We're talking about Kayvon Thibodeau, man. I, 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 got, I got everything I need for on him, man. I, I'm well-sourced. All right. Well, okay. On the other side, I want to hear a little bit more on why you think he is plummeting down the charts, or if indeed he actually is. But right now, let's find out what's trending as once again, here he is. Always high in everybody's draft board. That would be David Gascon. I remember watching Kayvon when he was uh, – mm-hmm. High school ball. 
Well, he was the number one player in the country. Yeah, but he was not a product of Oaks Christian. He came from Dorsey. That's went, right. Yeah, went from Dorsey to Oaks Christian. Man, amazing how they ended up with him over there. It It's pretty surreal, Steve, because <laughs> you know the area. Actually, Jeff, you know the area, I too. Well. I was uh, I was covering it for, for Fox Sports, the, the regional network here. And the game that I covered and called for him when he was playing was homecoming night. Mm-hmm. And their football field has a, a track around it. And, man, homecoming night, tell you what, the homecoming kings and queens were not walking around the track. They were being driven across the track. And it was a Ferrari, a Porsche, an 18-wheeler came out. It was... At Dorsey? Yeah, no, at uh, Oaks Christian. Oh, oh, well, yeah. Oaks yeah, yeah, it was. That, I was like, not, man, that, that's not surprising, Oaks Christian. No, no, not at all. I said, that, I said that's not happened, Dorsey. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, not at all. But I was like, man, it's uh, doing something serious here, you know? <laughs> they get up for it. We, so. we played Dorsey in high school basketball once. It was like my best game ever. I dropped nearly twenty. I couldn't believe it. Really? There right. we go. Yeah, I'm, I was a good. I was good. Eight, you know, eight, you know, eight points. Six rebounds, six rebounds, eight points. That's about what I. Yeah, but you're also for. throwing high 80s as a pitcher. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I did a bunch of were things. You, but yeah, as but, your but high Dorsey school, was my best game ever. Has your high school, what, Palisades, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have they recognized you as the greatest athlete in that school history all around? I don't think that's true, though. Oh, really? Who's better? All uh, around. Multi sport. Uh, all around? Maybe yeah. all around. But like Steve Kerr went to Pally. Uh, didn't uh, Jay Schrader go there? Yes, Jay yes, Schrader he did. And he yeah. was a third overall pick in the baseball draft. Supposed to be the next Johnny mm. Bench. I mean, my brother was is a better football player than me. Mm. Right. Was yeah. he a better baseball player? No, no. Basketball? No, no. There you go. All around. Yeah. I'm going to put All it right around. there. Jeff Schwartz, number one. That's good. Yeah. Were, were you guys? Is was your school public or private? Public school. We were we were city section. Though. City section. Yeah. yeah. And just, just like me, city section. I'm a, a Taftees of Palace. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Similar yeah. Now we're charter school, but right. we're public. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. So you guys got that chip on the shoulder and the blue collar, right? No, no private like Palisades. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Pacific Palisades. Yeah. That's our <laughs> hey, blue, city, blue section. Collar, city section. Blue collar. Yeah. Chip, the chip hey. on the shoulder. Pal- right next to the beach. That's us. Palisades, yeah. Narbonne, San Pedro High. We'll yeah. put you guys oh, all together. We, Car- Carson. We played them. We we played them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. That's you. right. Yeah. Um, guys, Major League Baseball today. A uh, bunch of games have gone final now. And Bachet Rockets won. Deep left field. Back of the wall. Miller looks up. Goodbye. Bo Bichette a home run, tied the game up. Blue Jays eventually won it 4-3 over Texas. Giancarlo Stanton, a game-ending, or excuse me, not game-ending, broke a 2-2 tie, 4-2 now. Yankees had the lead over the Red Sox. That's on FS1, home half of the seventh there. San Francisco down at home to Miami, 2-1 the count in that contest. Phillies 4-1 over the A's. Guardians and Royals, no score. Top of the ninth inning. These two teams have a combined seven hits in the affair. Uh, Cubbies won today. They beat down the Brewers. Nine to nothing was the final. NBA, Grizzlies getting the better of the Pelicans so far. 28-18. 76ers beat the Pacers by 13. And Scotty Scheffler, he's at minus 10 right now through 14. Cameron Smith is four strokes behind. Jumping back to you guys. All right, very good. Um, you know, I, we were talking about these uh, mock drafts. I'm actually looking at a mock draft. I'll not tell you in one, but it's a prominent mock draft that still has your guy as the number two overall pick to the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I, I think it's less likely to happen. Uh, I think he drops fairly considerably from where people think he's going to be. Um, 
So there's many things to talk about with, with Kayvon Thibodeau. Look, the film stuff is, and I've talked to people about his film, and I think Adam's about right, right? Most people have him kind of graded between the fifth and or sixth and tenth best player. Um, there's certain things he can work on. His hand usage is one of them. Um, but I think some of the conversation about his run stop rate is kind of ridiculous. Just watch the film on that. But it's interesting because Trayvon Walker out of Georgia is a physical freak. He's you know, 6'5", 272, 275, ran a crazy number. But his production is not there at Georgia to the to the numbers he should have, um, and the excuse people say is, uh, well, he was asked to do different things in that defense. He wasn't asked to be the guy, and was asked to rush the passer, and all those things. And you know, I think to myself, well, when I watch Oregon play, Kayvon Thibodeau is asked to drop eight to ten times a game. He's asked to play inside on base run downs. He plays Sam linebacker. And it just goes to show you that the narrative about a player can be twisted based on if we like the guy or not, right? You know, Kayvon Thibodeau does not give the answers that NFL teams want in interviews. I've been told that. Um, I trust the people that have told me that. And, you know, when when you're in these interviews with NFL coaches, whether it's at the Combine or the you know Senior Bowl, whatever else, or you go visit there, they want you to say you love football at every opportunity possible. Tell me your favorite thing about life. I love football. Tell me about your parents. I love football. Tell me about your family. I love football. Ugh! They just want you to like consistently say that you, know, that, that you love football. And the reason why is because they spend 14 hours a day on football. They want you to spend the same amount of time, right? They want you to be equally as committed to football as they are. And Kayvon Thibodeau has not given those answers in those meetings. That doesn't mean he doesn't love football. Doesn't mean he doesn't play hard. Doesn't mean he can't be good. But he's not giving those answers that the NFL teams want to hear in these interviews. And I go back to his film, right? And people say, well, he, he doesn't love the game. What? 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 He, he hurt his ankle. He, he played week one against Fresno State. The first two drives, he had a pressure and then a strip sack and then hurt his ankle. Then he came back. He didn't have to come back. He would have been the first pick in the draft if he never came back. He came back, continued to play on, on a bum ankle, and played the rest of the season. I, I, it doesn't sound like someone that that, 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 that hates football, right? It sounds like someone that loves football. So I just think that we can we can twist the narrative how we want. And yes, there are film reasons why you might not take him number one. But we don't give those same leeway to a Travon Walker, a kid from Georgia, who everyone likes, and I'm sure that's all accurate. I'm not, I'm not downgrading the, the kid for that. But I'm just telling you how the kind of this draft complex works, right? Where KT gives answers that doesn't fit the circle and the mold of what you should answer. And then we find a way to downgrade his film where Walker is gives all the answers and we find a way to upgrade his film, right? So I've been told, the same people that, you know, they tell everyone else, but that the Jacksonville Jaguars are seriously thinking about taking Trayvon Walker number one. Um, and that would be to me, I mean, okay, a lot of upside, but um, there wasn't much production. And so you're drafting a guy who you just hope turns into a production machine? I mean, I would take Aiden Hutchinson. He's already produces. I think he's, I think Aiden's better than than Kayvon. I, I what happened to Evan that. Neal? Um, so the offensive line, I think that Evan Neal. Well, well, Jacksonville franchise their left tackle. They signed a guard and they drafted Walker Little in the second round last year. They, they're not going to take a lineman for that reason. I don't think it has anything to do with where he's graded. Um, Evan Neal should be offensive tackle number one. Um, and he'll go, I can't imagine it gets lower than the Giants at five. 
Mm. So he's still going to be top five pick. Um, he's my O-tackle one. Icky's right behind him. Evans just a better pass protector. I think that's, that's kind of important when you get into the NFL um, is a young player. Just being a smoother pass protector. Um, so uh, that's where I'm at with, uh, with Kayvon. I, I think he does drop pretty far. I, I, maybe not further than, than Seattle at nine, um, but I think he's he's going further than people expect. Um, oh, but, because- but you insist because of his Oregon pedigree, whoever does end up with him is going to get a future superstar in the NFL. I'm just – I know well, – I'm, I'm basically just, just finishing this for you here. I, I will say, though, yeah. that – um, when Justin Herbert was evaluated, what I said about Justin Herbert was put him in the right offense mm-hmm. and he'll be really good because yeah. the offense he played at Oregon was not set up for the NFL. The same thing I'll say about Kalen Thibodeau. Put him in a, in a defense where he's allowed to rush the passer every play and he'll be better. He wasn't asked to do that at Oregon. He was dropping the coverage. He was Again, he was playing all over the place. He never stayed on one side. Uh, he's, he can, you can scheme out of a game. Utah twice schemed him out of the game. They just ran away from every single play. Um, they, they doubled him every play. Like it, there's ways that... So, I think he has the work ethic to, to be a better football player. I think he would be a good football player. All right, on the other side, I want one more NFL player, current player, Uh, whose future seems to be suddenly in doubt. Talk about that coming up next. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Saturday. The Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor brings noticeably smooth shades with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. I want to thank the guys today. Iowa Sam, he says uh, Iowa's got a collective now, Jeff. They're ready oh, to watch uh, out. Yeah, they're ready to throw some huge money down. Um, well, it's, it's school specific. Just, a lot of schools are unveiling just, collectives just now. Offensive linemen and fullbacks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot well, of tight ends heading their way to Iowa. You know that. That's the tight end the, school. They're paying like fifty thousand to each offensive lineman. I just read it at some school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, USC I think is doing that, yeah. or Tennessee. Like they're Texas. Not a Texas, bad life. I think Texas. I think Texas is doing that. Uh, yeah, but Texas. Doesn't, yeah. I, doesn't fifty grand go a lot further in Iowa than it would in SoCal? No, I, I, I think it's actually. I, I think it's in Austin. I think it's in Texas. Yeah, uh, it's, I think it has. Yeah, you're right. Texas. Even yeah. Iowa compared to Austin. Uh, fifty grand for a college student is going to go a long way, pretty much yeah. anywhere. I'll just say, look again. Here's the thing about about the NIL stuff. Is that let's say this is Texas, okay? And they get, and they did, they recruited very well on, on the offensive line this year. And let's say they do this for the next two years and they recruit all these players and they don't win enough football games and they don't put enough guys in the NFL and they're not coached up. Two things happen, right? The coaching staff gets fired 
or they stop paying the players. So, like, it, this will even itself out over the next couple of years. It's a lot of money now. I get it. It's a shocking. It sounds like a lot. But let's see what happens in a couple of years. Let's yeah. see where we are in a couple of years. Yeah, that's the good point. We'll see how this whole NIL thing plays out. want to thank, of course, David Gascon. Brilliant as always. Right on the money. Everything he does. Keeping us updated on just about everything. And then, of course, Danny G, uh, a man that wears many hats here at Fox Sports Radio. How many shows are you producing these days, uh, Danny? Oh, not that many. 17 right now. 17 now. now. 17 shows he uh, produces. So, uh, very busy guy. Makes a little time for us (laughs) on the Saturday. Um, All right, uh, Jeff, I got to ask you about Debo Samuel. All right, so he he yanked all reference to the 49ers on his social media. We've seen this over and over again. Uh, But he's looking at some of these contracts of these wide receivers, and he's like, hey, I don't care who you're talking about, including Cooper Cup. I was the most valuable wide receiver in the NFL in 2021 based on the highest yards per catch in the league on top of the fact that he also was highly effective as a hybrid running back. So you can make the argument he was the true offensive player of the year in the NFL. So where are the 49ers going to go with this? Are they going to cave? Are they going to give him a ridiculous contract even greater than that of Tyreek yeah. Hill? Because already people are talking about trade, trades yeah. uh, so, for Debo Samuel. So what do they do right now? Um, Debo, how many games in his career, Steve, would you guess Debo had over two carries in over, a game? Over two carries. Yeah. I, I don't know, probably uh, – Quite a few last year, I'd say. So his last 11 games, right. that's it. That, that's it. The last 11 games. This dual threat player has been has been 11 games as this type of player, right? 11 games. Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, all these guys have played years at the level that they've played at. He's played 11 games at this level. Mm-hmm. They've been great games. The Niners are like, buddy, we got to get one more year out of you doing this before we pay you all that money. I'm from a team building perspective. I'm on the side of the Niners. I hope he gets paid because I hope every player gets paid. But I understand the Niners saying, "Yeah, we're not doing that." Okay, not, well, if give they, us, give but us if he half. doesn't show up, I mean, are you going okay, to well, trade then, him? Then, then, then don't play next year. Like, here's the thing about this: is sit out. Be my guest to sit. Out. No one sits out. The only quarterback, only Carson Palmer sat out, and Emmett Smith sat. Like, he's not sitting out. So call his bluff. You tell me that Debo Samuel, who has not been paid yet, is just going to sit out this season? I I don't know. I mean, again, when he sees no. when he sees all the money that's being paid out, how, how do you feel about I, these wide receivers I, I, suddenly I would, making all this do, money? Well, I I wouldn't do it. I've, I've said for a while. I, I just I wouldn't pay a wide receiver. You have to have wide receivers, but paying them top of the market yes. seems to not be a good team-building strategy. But that's the whole um, point. Once one guy gets the money, then the next guy gets the yeah, money no, and I, goes I'm, on I and get on. That. But, but my point about Debo is that, like, hey, buddy, I'm sure the Niners are telling his agent, it's like, dude, we've got 11 games of this. Like, we need a little bit more before we decide that you're going to be the guy that we're going to pay $27 million a year to. All right, I need a prediction here. Scotty Scheffler's lead is down to three right now over Cameron Smith. Who's going to win the Masters? Are you going to go with Scheffler still? I'll go with Scheffler, yeah. He's going to hang on. His his number should be – I might wager on him tomorrow. I'm like 0 for 12 on my golf wagers, but I, right. might, uh, I might give it a go tomorrow. Really? We'll so you're going to go with Scheffler on this one? I'm going to go Cameron Smith. 
Well, we'll see next week. I, 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 I think that Cameron Smith shot 68 today. He's at minus six. I think he's going to uh, – I know it's a terrible mustache, and how about – forget that. The flowing locks in the back, man. Oh, the whole it. mullet situation. There are a lot of golfers with some great hair. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 